Welcome to the Wine and Shuffle, the ICTFC fan podcast, the podcast with less carbon footprint than Stephen Hawking, more recyclables than any other podcast, mainly jokes, and more naturally occurring hot air than all the wind farms in Scotland combined on this pod. Reality check, lost some games, drawn some games, should have won some games, won one of those games, some clean sheets, a few goals, and now third on the table, plus Kurt Broadfoot, ICTWFC's Alex Andrews, Paris fan, the mailbag, and the shuffle bus. All that and the usual 27 years worth of ICT references packed into now with a wild conjecture and mild distraction. Oh, and a special guest. Let's shuffle. There's it. Welcome one and all. Today we have assembled more authoritative voices than the entire cast of COP26 combined. Joining me today for this look at the recent environmentally friendly ICT action is Green Bin, Andrew Young. Hello. All right, how are you? Bottle Bin, Stevie Riley. Hello. How are you doing? And every other podcast can get in the bin because we have today for you is none other than Inverness Caledonian Thistle's greatest ever player. It's Vetley Anderson. No, it's, it's Ross Toakley. How you doing? Good evening. How are we doing, guys? No bad. Um, cheers for coming on, Ross. Uh, I take it you've listened to the pod a few times, have you? I have. To, yeah, I have done. There's been uh, some really good ones. Um, I think I listened to Charlie and Ryan once. It was really good. So, yeah, well, I've, uh, yeah I'm on quite a lot. We can't promise you the broadcasting standards of the great Ian Old, but um, we'll do we'll do our very best. Um, somewhere between between Ian Old and that guy who used to do commentary, I think that's our level, is it? When we lasted one of these pod things, we were sitting on top of the world, looking down on high, stuffing our faces with points and laughing at all the surfs below, scrabbling around in the dirt for points in Fife and horrible Hamilton. And look at us now, a lowly third in the league. But to coin a phrase, would you take that at the start of the season? Stevie, would you take that at the start of the season? Of course you would. I mean, I think historically we've always been slow starters. I mean, you look at the last couple of leagues, uh, league campaigns, really slow at the block. So, yeah, first seven games as opposed to what the second seven before the Queen's game was night and day. But, yeah, you're going to get you're going to get bad sort of slumps in this league. You're never going to get I, I, I sort of run a five or six game, but you win them all. There's going to be little patches. This is our slump, but... We'll talk about it later on, but we're playing well. It's not that we're getting host every week and we're, we're not creating chances. So from the start of the season to this time, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. It's a long way to go, yeah. And Ross, you're watching the games from the from the commentary uh, position at, at Cali Stadium. What, what's been your take on, on the last few last few games? Where's it where's it gone right? Where's it gone wrong? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Steve. I think the you know boys have, have played well. Um, you know, I would say the second half against Dunfermline was disappointing. After such a good first half, I think, you know, if you don't kill teams when you're on top and get maybe that second goal or even the third goal, um, you know, and, and the football was great in the first half. Um, maybe it was a Yogi's uh, halftime chat that kind of revitalised them. But, yeah, I think just in certain games, um, you need to you know, just kill teams off a bit more and get that second and third goal because some of the play has been, has been really pleasing this year. Right, well, we normally do Highland Highlight. There's, obviously, there's not been a lot of highlights other than the, the Queen's game. So, we'll just, we will, touching on my last point there, we'll just talk a little bit about what has gone right and what has gone wrong. So, who or what has been the Tesla Model X and who's been the Exxon Valdez oil spill? AY, what's, what's been good and what's been bad? Um, starting with bad, I think the absence of David Carson has been a really big um, sort of factor, you know. Um, although he's a converted midfielder playing right back, I just think the kind of 
the fight he gives you, the tenacity he gives you, he must be a really, really difficult player to play against. Can't think of many mistakes he's made defensively. And going forward, you know, he just um, he's plays kind of higher than than Wallace Duffy, who, who hasn't done much wrong when he's come in. I think Carson gets further forward, uh, forward further, quicker. Um, he's really combative. We saw him last night when he came in and that really good early ball for Billy Mackay, which like just gets things rolling. So I think his absence um, has been one of the major factors and it's brilliant to see him back. In terms of getting stuff right, um, I suppose we've already said that we're not we're not playing badly. It's just we're not killing teams off. But one of the things I think we've done right is I think that Billy Dodds has changed it up when he's needed to quite successfully. Uh, before the party game, where we were incredibly unlucky not to win, he takes a decision to drop Roddy McGregor, who had started really well, but just had shaded a wee bit. Shane Sutherland had been really good early on, but he drops out of the team. And I think, you know, in that game, in particular the Thistle game, we really should have won out well. And we were very unlucky not to, um, obviously missing the penalty. Uh, and then that formation starts to just shade a wee bit. And last night he changes it again. You know, and I know that I know that his hand was forced to a certain extent last night, but I still think he brought Roddy back in at the right time. He brings Shane back the team ups its performance, you know. So I think Billy Dodds has shown that he will make changes. Um, he will kind of um, just tweak the formation, tweak the lineup when he needs to. And I think that's a positive. If he keeps doing that, then at least we're not going to be in one of those situations where we've got a stubborn manager who will just watch a team go into a slide because he can't admit he's wrong. I'll start with good. Um, it's like my Highland highlight of, um, it sums off the pitch. It's, uh, it's great to see the lovely sight that Scott Kelliger back in the dugout. I think we all understand what, what Scott went through and uh, yeah, he's had a tough time of it. So yeah, he's been, been floating around the club for the last couple of months, coming in one or two days a week. But yeah, I think over the last sort of four or five weeks, he's been in the dugout and we also know him better than we do. But I mean, he's, he's a great character in the training pitch, something that can bring the boys together. So if there's a wee sticky patch, then someone like Scott can obviously help them go through. And yeah, hopefully he's, um, he's on the men, but it looks well and uh, done the press conference last week and yeah, it looks like he's back to his old self and uh, just went for the man Keeney to come out now and we can all see that side again. But on the on the bad side, probably a little bit what EY said is, it's and a bit what Ross said, it's frustration on my point that we're not killing off teams. I mean, you look at the air game and even the Dufferman game first half, we should be two or three goals up and there's a bit of a complacency that's setting in. Last night we obviously saw it over, but yeah, that's my little frustration. We're creating enough chances, but we're not clinical enough. But I'll take it around the league, as I said before. What about yourself, Ross? You know, these are our opinions. We're just um, we're just fans. But you know, what, what's your opinion no. of the ex-professional? No, your profession, uh, your opinion is very good. I totally agree with Steve. Um, great to see Scott back in the dugout and on the pitch. But for me, last night, I, you know, everybody looked at Billy McKay's performance. But there was two guys that stood out for me last night: it was Scott Allardyce and uh, Roddy McGregor. I thought the performances last night were were superb, and there was a lot of good performances last night. And not taking away David Carson, uh, Kurt Broadfoot um, defence, I thought looked solid. But Roddy was so good last night in the first half. I, I thought he was um, just set the tone of the game. Um, and Scott Allardyce had such a, a presence in that midfield, um, and you know his passing range is is common influence on it. So for me, I thought it was just an overall really good performance last night when needed after the last couple of results. And you know it's a hard place to go down there, especially on a Friday. Boys left. It, you know it's a long journey. And, I just thought it was a really good performance. The last 10 minutes, you know, it was a bit nervy, kind of gifted them a goal. But, you know, there were some really good performances last night. Uh, is there anyone, Ross, that you think maybe that we could have expected a wee bit more from um, so far this season? Yeah, um, you know, I would maybe look at Reese a little bit, you know, coming from Norwich. 
Um, you know, I thought he battled really well last night. And I would say first half against Dunfermline was good, but you know, you expect a little bit more from him. Um, mm. He looks really classy on the ball, but you're really wanting a bit more of an influence. And when he's playing alongside Scott, who you know has they're quite similar players, but you're looking for them to stamp his sort of certainly you know being full time down down in Norwich. You're looking for that quality to come through. And I know he's just a young lad still, and you know sometimes it t- does take a bit of time to settle, but. You know, when you take somebody on loan and you give them game time, you're looking for the performances uh, to be right at it. Um, certainly, Luke's got he's got the ability, but we just need the performance levels to maybe come a bit. But you know, I, I've certainly enjoyed the games. I've I've been back down there more this year, and I see a lot of positives. Um, you know, I think it's definitely um, been a good start. I know there's been a couple of blips and a couple of performance, performances. We're going to get that. So. And uh, how warm is it in that commentary box? And does Scott Gardner pop over with a wee halftime bovo for you? No, I'm, I'm a wee bit disappointed in the in the beverages at halftime. But uh, no, I've really enjoyed it. I have to say, um, you know, I'm quite honest in my in my country. So, um, but I have enjoyed the majority of the game. So I would say probably the Arbroath game was the uh, the one where it, you know, it was quite hard to commentate on. It was a I thought it was a, a poor performance. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I have enjoyed the the, the commentary. How, how did you get? How did you get involved in it? Did you? Did you have any reservations when they first asked you, or did you just jump at it? Probably last choice, uh, Andrew. Probably <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> no. I, um, Liam down the stadium just messaged me and said, "No, oh, um, we'd like to come into a couple of couple of games," and just thought that'd be kind of work out with my schedule. And not everybody's going to agree with me, but you know, I, I do have the I do have the club at heart, and mm-hmm. you know, I do want them to do well. You got no soul, rubber bumpers. Okay, right, coming up next, game by game. Uh, with so many games to cover, we'll do the most recent ones uh, first, touching some key topics from the last month of action. Um, so let's kick off with the first league game that's fresh in the memory at the time of the recording, the most recent game, Friday 19th of November, Queen's away, 2-1-1. Uh, we talked a little bit about it already, but absolutely dominated the game. A, a brace from Billy Mackay, great movement from him, our dice controlling play, Carson back to his best, uh, and Roddy um, finding his place coming off the right. Especially that first half, how pleasing was that AY? Given the maybe not the performances, but given the results of the last few matches, last five matches. Um, I mean, absolutely delighted with it. Uh, particularly the um, the, fir- the the first few minutes, I thought we pressed it really, really well. I thought having Roddy up there, just pressing everything, uh, was tremendous. Um, Davy Carson as well. You know, I think that kind of set the tone. Um, and Billy Mackay's movement is absolutely superb and I think the first game that we're going to talk about is our growth where nothing stuck up front and last night everything did so yeah I think that, that was the most pleasing thing I was worried in the second half though you know you could just see it starting to happen again on about 70 minutes you know, we got to 65 and um, this is a we kind of start that I pulled out that in the last five games we've conceded five goals uh, between 50 minutes and 65 minutes and I was starting to think this is just this this is kind of like Bermuda Triangle of uh, in in our matches where like we just lose goals, and um, we got to sixty five and I thought fucking brilliant this is a you know we're home and dry now and then of course we just waited till seventy five and did that and then looked pretty shaky, but I thought you know apart from that we were you know effortlessly the better team you know and 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 it was really good and it was good to see that um, there was changes in the lineup and those changes strengthened and didn't weaken the team because we had a couple of players that we thought were probably undroppable that went out last night. Stevie, what do you reckon was the main difference between that performance and the Dunfermline performance? 
Not a lot of difference. I just think we took our chances early last night. I think we got that second goal, um, which, as uh, I said, killed it off. But Billy McKay's looking a lot sharper. I think we get more games he gets, the, the better he's become. And his movement was superb last night. And it was a comfy 2-1 victory apart from 10 minutes. I think, as I said, when he scored, my ass was knitting buttons. I thought they were going to collapse. But after the first, uh, they had a shot from Cochrane, didn't they? After the first uh, five minutes after the goal, we sort of looked in control. We saw the game out. But I think, it's a happy hunting ground for us. We've always done well there. Not not too many defeats. I can remember at Palmerston, even go back to Ross's days. But um, yeah, I just think it's getting a second goal. It's getting a, a little, little bit of a gap in front. And then we see it out. We just haven't done that against the air. And then obviously against the Yeah, we've talked about um, Carson already. We've talked about Billy McKay there. Talked about Allardyce as well. Um, Roddy McGregor talks, I know you're a big fan. What, what does he bring to the team? And is he as influential on the right or the left as he can be in the middle? I think he's quite flexible. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of him. He played against me once and gave me a right torrid time. I'll be friendly up in Tain. So, you know, he is he is very special. Um, I think he's, you know, came through the ranks and he's so talented. He, he carries the ball well. He takes the hits. He, he, he gets Cali a lot of free kicks as well. So, I'm not sure where his best position is. That's that's the problem. But certainly Cali would, in my opinion, he plays every week for me either in the number 10 role or out wide or in certain midfield, where he has done this year. And there's been a couple of games I've questioned him, certainly at half-time, and said he needs to come back out, and he's came back out, and he's showed that different side of him where he's very competitive. You know, I, I don't think he's just all about the ball playing. He's actually got a fair bit of heart, and I like that about him. Um, I think he certainly does does a shift for the team. So he's a team player as well, and I, I, I just think he's got a lot of good, um, good attributes to him, so... That's why I kind of like him a lot. But, you know, it wasn't just him last night. I, I, I thought it was a really good team performance down at Queen's. Um, I know Steve was saying he was kind of nervous last 10 minutes, but I thought even three, four, five minutes to go, the boys were quite comfy. Apart from maybe Manny Duku not running the ball in the corner, I thought they were quite comfy last sort of five minutes. But, um, you know, when you give teams a chance in the lap, or if you're one the lap and you give them a little bit of a sniff, it's just having that ruthlessness to get that second or third goal. Yeah, Ross, Duku, we've, we've heard your um, frustrations with him in the commentary before. Um, yeah. is, has he got it in his game to actually improve and be that guy that will hold the ball up and do the things that are the right right decisions for the team in key moments? And Manny's just got that time where he, he'll have to just wait until he gets his chance to come in. And, you know, it's a long season and, you know, he's, he's got to be patient. But um, I've, I have been impressed with him. I'm, I'm not a, a total uh, negative on him. I have been impressed. He's good in the air. Um, holds it up when he's on on the song. But I just think sometimes as strikers, when you're not having that good game, you know, you're you're sprinting to press the defenders. You're putting a shift into the team. You know, Graham being prime example of when the forwards that you know might have not played well every game, but he he came off that pitch, you know, and he put a shift in. So you know, that's what the, the boys need. You know, that your striker's the first man to defend, and uh, Billy put a great shift in last night. Yeah, I think we've been doing this podcast for about three years, and I think that might, that might be the first mention of Graham Bain, is it? No, surely it can't be. Must have well, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be, because he, he was a great player. You know? I couldn't get a, a, a harder-working player than him, striker. Anyway. Yeah. An ideal team player, probably, Ross, as you'll know. I think Bain, as you said, he's done everything for the team, but he was never a standout, but yeah. he's always good up. I mean, as a two-up top, he'd hold the ball up and knock it on, wouldn't he? So, yeah, great player. Yeah, he, he, I remember a game that Pitaudry gave uh, Alan Boomsong the boom song an absolutely right. torrid time and I think 
think they asked them, I think they were asking Marky Thompson, where's that guy came from? And it was lower leagues Graham came from and you know he was he was a, a very good player to play with, put a shift in and um really likable lad. Graham. Yeah. All right, well let's go back to Saturday the thirteenth, pars at home, it's a two one loss. Uh, what's good for your garden cow shit what's not good for your garden a bear yogi taking a big dump all over our title hopes first half was pretty acceptable good possession goal couple of shots but second half uh, what's happened there Stevie yeah, we're still still a change room I think um, I think for this game I, I did a home banker off and, and then it came to Friday morning and I seen that yogi got the Dunfermline job and one it's yogi and two you get the new manager bounce and that, that's what made me worried but yeah started the game well gets the goal and yeah, we're in control, but second half, I mean, the goals we give away, okay, the first one, it's an own goal, and Danny Devine's been great for his all season, so I'm not going to be hard on him, but second goal's criminal, though. I mean, you let the boy Dom Thomas run at you, I think at one point it was four round him, let him get in an area where you kind of put a challenge in, and it's a world of a finish, but yeah, just never get started, just slow, lethargic, and it was probably the opposite to, we'll talk about the Thistle game away, which is the best game we play all season, in my opinion, and we drew, but... Yeah, just the air and the games mesh into each other and it's, it's, it's a bit of a theme where we, I'm not going to say fitness is an issue, it can't be, but just seems to be a bit of lack of confidence. If we don't get that first goal, uh, second goal early enough, then we, we worry a little bit and we sit back. Yeah. Well, what about Danny Devine? He's, he's been brilliant all season. We've talked about him um, on previous pods. I've been so impressed with him. He's so unlucky with that um, own goal because he's cut out so many crosses and balls like that all season and he's just, this is the one that ends up in the back of the net. And the funny thing is, Stevie, when you did the interview with him on the last pod, do you remember he said he likes scoring against his old teams? Yeah, I know. I, I remember when he scored. Uh, I, no, again, Devine, I can't be critical. I think... It's a broad fit influence with Devine as well. I think uh, having Kurt next to him and even having Deasy to the side of him, where Devine's a, he's a, he's a middle guy, he's a young guy on one side and an older guy on the other. And it's, I think it's the best of both for him. He can, he can help Deasy out and also learn from Kirk as well. And it'll be great all season. Yeah. Ross, when you, I can't remember you scoring too many own goals, Ross, but when, when you do you knock the ball on your own net like that, what's going through your head? Like How, how do you turn it around? Oh, one Danny was playing against his old team, but tell you what, he had two or three really good clearances yeah. first half and I, I felt so sorry for him because you know, he was having such a, a, a good game. Uh, one thing actually I was just thinking about, by the way, um, talking about scoring own goals against former teams. Uh, Ross, am I not right in thinking that uh, you managed to crash a header off the bar in your first oh. game for County uh, against <laughs> us? Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think if I went in, I was walking off. <laughs> I said that to the old man. But I tell you, see, see that game? That game, I, I hate that game. I hate going back, and not in a bad way, but I just, as much as I really enjoyed my time at County, that game just, it was hard, it was quite, it was quite, um, I wasn't, I wouldn't say that my head was right that night, but it was just such a weird um, situation to be in, you know, when you play for a football club for 16 years, and don't get me wrong, I gave my all and I, I didn't mean to do that, but after, after <laughs> I did it, I was like, oh, am I allowed to swear in this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I I was like, fuck it. Like, honestly, I, I just couldn't believe it. It's like one of those moments I've met, like, I haven't had a lot in football where I kind of, it just takes your breath away, but I just looked and I'm like, holy Because Michael Fraser was in the goals. Right. He says to me half time, he says, hell, he says to me, I, like, I never knew what you were going to do. I says to him, I was actually trying to head the ball over the bar to save it first. But I wear contact lenses in the lights. And I just, honestly, what? And old man says to me, he says, I've never seen it like the power in that header. I think the ball went about 40 <laughs> yards that way, the opposite side. So 
Uh, yeah, that was that was one. I never, I never lived that one down. But there's many a, a Cali fan said we tried to score that night, and I was like, no, how early was that, Ross? That was pretty early in the first half. I can't remember how early it was. First I think it was about four minutes in, four or five minutes in. God, I don't um, know. I mean, really yeah, that yeah. kind of unsettled me a wee bit, and yeah, it was it wasn't nice coming back in that sense. Yeah. Uh, right, Saturday, sixth November, air away, two-two draw. Um, this should have been three points, shouldn't it? Should have been back on top of the league. Dodgy admitted after the game there were two really bad goals to give away, but he said in his interview post-match that he thought he'd have experience uh, not to concede goals like that and see out, see out the game. When he says experience, Ross, does he mean like leadership? And how does the like of likes of um, Kirk Broadfoot like stop other players making mistakes in that sense? Well, certainly, just kind of seeing the game out. You know, if if you're one a lap or one up is it's just gonna sort of speaking and talking on the pitch and you know and, and giving guys sort of instructions you know how to kind of manage the game out um, leading from the back and he and, and Kirk's seen it all so you know he's played at the highest levels played for Scotland so you know I think it's probably frustrating um for for Inverness to be to be in the lead and and, and let a, a goal like that in and, and it ends up uh, two all so you can see the frustration from from Billy after the game, where I think he actually said they played all right, and you know you go away from home and, and get a two-one, similar to the Arbroath game down there at the start of season one-nil, and it's it's a cracking result. So it's just try to kind of forget the the draws and try and pick up as much wins, uh, you know, away from home. But um, you know to concede, uh, concede two goals, it's probably a bit annoying from from Billy's side of it. And and there's guys that are quieter on the pitch will lead with their performances rather with their mice. So, you know, somebody's putting a shift in or somebody's, you know, doing a bit of skill or whatever. That's, there's different ways of leading on the pitch rather than just communicating. Yeah. yeah. This game, obviously we've drawn it 2-2, but there was a recent game, Stevie, anyway, where I think Park went there and they beat them 4-0 and other teams have gone there and they've, they've racked up score lines as well. So how frustrating is it on a ground that we had won most of our previous matches there to, to only get a point against a, against a poor team, let's be honest. I think we're forgetting all that how, how good a game their keeper had. I mean, the boy McAdams and the Borough did that day and I think uh, and any other day we could have scored a few more goals but Smoking Joe's goal is criminal to give away. Mark is terrible for his goal but I think it's a tough, but I mean, if you look at the conditions that day, it wasn't, wasn't nice as a day. Windy as hell's always down, down at Somerset Park but Although we've had a good record in there, it's not a gimme you go and get three points. And I think a lot of people struggled in there, like Ross was saying, where our points against uh, a bros in the first game of the season. I mean, that's that's like six points now if you look at some of the results that have happened there. But yeah, a couple of things. We, we're complacent. Keep it a world day. And do you know what? I think a, a point is probably fair. I know Billy said after the game we threw the game away, but um, the keeper at the world day as well so hats off to him Alright well we'll move on from uh, Airway uh, we'll have a little bit more about Airway later on in the in the new shuffle bus segment this was the this was the game in which the Wynas shuffle chartered the mini bus from uh, from Edinburgh through to air so fun and games Right Saturday the 30th of October Partick with a 0-0 draw uh, all of Glasgow has been after this this past three weeks uh, but only at Firhill could you really find net zero goals I Steve, you talked about this earlier on. This is actually just a fantastic performance. I know it's a nil-nil draw, but um, it looks like a boring nil-nil draw, but it isn't. It's actually a really good performance where we created a lot of chances, just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Simple as that. Oh, I agree. And again, better than the three-one game in, in the first game at home, at home yeah. to them. But I think it's night and day. I think one, it's opposition. It's a it's a hard place to go to. I mean, I I think Partick will be up there all season. 
But the tempo from the first minute was night and day. Um, spread the ball about well. Everyone, everyone was on their game. They looked hungry. You know, the, the last couple of games beforehand, there's a wee bit of flatness came into their game. But yeah, barring a penalty miss, we get the points. Thistle were, Thistle were good, but we were even better. And again, I think it's just the, the opposition away and the large jump from the previous week because well, the previous game which is a bros, which we'll talk about, which was was horrible. But yeah, it was a. A nice performance. We played well, and I thought it was the catalyst to to give us a little run again, which didn't happen. But yeah, best performance this season for me so far. Um, we changed the we changed the formation a wee bit, so we're kind of playing three behind um, behind Billy Mackay and um, McGregor and Sutherland were dropped, and it was Gardine, Doran, and um, Walsh, wasn't it? Walsh. And yeah, they, they played really, really well. And I was thinking, oh, maybe this is it, you know. And then and then we haven't really kicked on from there. But I thought we were excellent. Um, and yeah, there was, there was a Walsh shot, which I don't know if it hit the... Did you see it, Stevie? Did it hit the bar, the post or what in the first half? But it was in the post, I think. I just, just clipped it, I think, yeah. Aye, it, was, I mean, it, was a brilliant, it was a brilliant move. Really good uh, passing Aye. move. But I just so, think the, the reaction for the like the actual performance um, shows that the, the team's got character. character sorry, um, and, and that was what, you know, listening to Billy, it was, it was pleasing to hear that the team had put that performance on and they were just unlucky not to get the, the three points, but just looking at the performance was was more for me because he got a reaction from his players um, after such a sort of poor home performance against Arbroath. Um, the Arbroath, the Arbroath loss at home, Ross. You talked about it earlier on. Um, another loss to the the lumbering farmhands of of Arbroath. Uh, do they get away with playing that crap football because their fan expectations are so low? Yeah, it's it's Dick for you, Dick Campbell. Um, I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say their football's too too bad. I, I've seen worse teams than than our growth. Um, what I did like about our growth was they they worked their socks off. Um, I thought they worked harder in Inverness over the piece, and um, you know they, I wouldn't say they play football all the time. Um, the big lad up front certainly was a handful. Um, like the boy is it McKenna in midfield? Yeah. Um, and Dick plays, you know, he's, he's old school, but you know, a little bit like McCall, and he does get the players playing for him. They put a shift in, and they are a, they are a good part-time side. They do what it says in the tin, and look today they got a, an excellent result, um, and 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 that's what they are. And you know, to be sitting that high up in the championship is testament to the players and, and to the manager. Um, but I, I just thought the Inverness really. You know, I think they were looking at maybe a nil-nil and then, you know, very unlike Mark to make that kind of mistake and it was a, a bit of a swirly night, but I just think that that's the sort of night where you could just go and win one nil. Just go and get that goal and just, you know, at home. Horrible night, being there myself and, and trying to just get that one goal and, and kind of hang on. But, you know, our both have, have done it and you've got to respect them for that. You know, end of the day, they're, they're, they're doing well in the league. Okay, well, that was your analysis. Um, up next, Captain Kirk, the successful Cali ladies, a bunch of drunks on a bus, and some other stuff. For McDonald, I'm the castle, Liberty's men, Weechies, Hustles, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, PC's Pizzas, Judith, Steffi, Farland Park, the Library, Spectrum Center, and Wally Story, Cali Thistle, the Golden Mile. Okay, so, Ross, uh, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to ask you um, five questions, right? And you just need to, I'm just going to intersperse, intersperse this through the pod, right? So just like five, five questions, fast five, right? Fast sure. five, one. 
and just say the first thing that comes to your comes to your mind. All right? Well, okay. this could be dangerous. Right. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Right. Number one. Best manager played under. Kelly. Favorite game. Tyne Castle Cup game. Favorite goal. Probably that one. <laughs> uh, best away ground. Yeah, Tyne Castle. And your biggest achievement with Inverness Caledonian Thistle? I think it was just uh, the the promotion back into the, the league after getting relegated. There you go. Boom. We'll have. Uh, I, knew, I, knew, I knew you'd see Tyne Castle there. You had to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to. Um, were, you, were you a Hearts fan growing up? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, kind of. I, I, from Aberdeen, the old man used to take me all over the shop. Um, I got friendly with a, a family down uh, in Dunbar. And used to go to a lot of the games, um, and then Dennis moved there, and I got went to a lot of the games when he was down. Good friends with him, so I wouldn't say that I'm a fan fan. I was, and then I started playing against him. I think bunch of arseholes, so <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of put me off him a wee bit. So thought they were quite yeah, that, that game we beat them three uh, one. That, that game's still my top three games. Oh, I think ah, a great game. an absolutely fantastic performance. Yeah. Ricardo Fuller was in your back pocket because eh? he was in fire, wasn't it? Remember at the time. Yeah, a big big calf was on him and, uh, against him. It, yeah, it was just, just a, such a uh, amazing underdog uh, win. Um, yeah, and, and the goal I scored as well. So, yeah. Oh, Neil McCann was on that team, and Stevie Fulton. I mean, it's a really, really good Hearts team, you know. Aye. Yeah. David Began as well. I thought he was underrated for us. What a player David Began was as well. And yeah. Just, uh, he was superb that day. Totally agree, Steve. He was, we Began was, was great in the dressing room. He was great on the pitch. All right, we'll have a couple of more Fast Fives coming up later in the pod. Uh, but coming up next, it's, uh, it's our first 40 for the pod into women's football. Defender Alex Andrews, how are you doing, Alex? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Is it ICT WFC? Is that it? That's right, yeah. That's it. Well, try, try to make a current season. I, I, I said before we were recording that I'd, I'd watched one of the games a couple of Sundays ago now and... Uh, yeah, heavily impressed we get you, you, you women and how how the game was and uh, yeah, enjoyable watch. But let's chat a bit about you first. So you, you've been at a club five years, so that's before obviously you come under the the ICTFC banner as you currently are now. So tell me a bit about the club. I mean, I know it stretches quite quite far back, but how how did the club come together and how did you get involved with the club in the the first place? Uh, well, I got involved through coaches still in charge now Karen Mason she was actually my PE teacher in school so she gave me a shout to join the team Uh, at one point I think we were kind of a bit short on players so my first game was away to Celtic which didn't go very well in the end I think we lost about 8-0 or something but um, yeah just was involved since then and uh, that's when we were in Verness City Um, I know a lot of the girls have been involved for a long time much longer than I have She's she's stuck with us, Karen. So she's been there the whole time. Um, and yeah, it's it's been different, definitely. When since we've come under Cali, I mean, we got when we were in Bristol City. When I joined, we got relegated two seasons in a row, so that was pretty yeah, gutting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we just didn't have an awful lot of players, and I think it's been better having even just the name, people recognising it, and you know, being a bit more keen to come along and join and and play for us. You think that, and I, yeah, I was, I was uh, sort of hinting at that. See, when you were under the club's banner, 
do you feel that's easier to attract new girls to the, the team than when you were just in Run SA? Absolutely, yeah. Like I say, when, when I joined, we'd literally have like six people come into training um, twice a week and it was just, it wasn't very sustainable and it, it also, it can just be a bit of a slog, you know, when there's not many folk come into training. But um, yeah, now it just seems like there's a lot more and then we've got the, the Highlands and Islands team as well and the under-17s, it's kind of come together a bit more now. I know, I mean, we always talk about this in the podcast about, about maybe poster boys is the wrong term for it, but, you know, but poster girls, poster women, you know, you like to Ryan Christie, Liam Polworth, you know, and then even like Dan McKay going to Hibs. Do you see the team having an influence on young girls? Do you see more girls getting involved in younger teams now in the city than you did maybe previously? Um, I would say so, but I think it's probably, to be honest, just all over Scotland with the Scotland women's team just doing well in general. Um, getting to the Euros and the World Cup. Um, unfortunately, we won't be at the Euros next year, but... Um, yeah, it's definitely just totally shot up um, and you see it on the TV so much more. They've got on BBC Alba and then Sky Sports are taking it on as well for the, the English League. So, yeah, it's it's all over, to be honest, not just in Inverness. Let's talk about you then. So, centre-half then. So, what kind of, what kind of defender are we then? Are we, are we, are we cultural? Are we, are we a bit dirty? How, how's your game? <laughs> um, well, I've only really moved to, to centre-half recently, so I've been... Yeah used to play centre mid for a long time so I'm still kind of learning um, centre half at the moment but um, I don't really know it, it depends who we're up against to be honest I'm not I'm not the biggest so um, yeah I just like to try and get my head on the ball if it's coming to me uh, try and play a long ball um, I'm, I'm not the quickest either so not not trying to get in any 1v1s with anyone. <laughs> I said you don't run me believe me that would be hard but so yeah, we'll give you a, you're a culture ball playing centre half right there, and that's what we'll tag you in that, and you know take that and yeah, do that. So, go um, that. what's the club done to help you girls? I don't mean maybe you specifically, but maybe as a whole with the the group. Have you found that beneficial? And what what sort of upgrades have you seen since you came under that banner? We get new kits every season, which we're not that used to. Um, and yeah, being able to play at the stadium that was good. And uh, yeah, it's just it has just been. It's not been like one massive thing. It's just like just wee things that you wouldn't normally get and you kind of would probably take for granted if you have them, you right. know. Let's talk about this season then, Alex. I mean, looking at the league table, um, fourth in the league, four wins, two losses. But, I mean, things stands out for me is goals for 36, goals against 10. So you think 10 is high, but 36 goals in six games. I mean, you girls a bit of a scoring machine at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, it could even be double that. Like we've said after each game that we've won and scored a load of goals, we've said like we could have been scoring so many more, like need to ch- take our chances more. Um, but yeah, just keeping it tight at the back is the main thing. And then if we keep making chances, you know, we're going to score. So um, yeah, we've got two two tough teams that we lost to in East Fife and Montrose. So hopefully we'll get them on the reverse fixtures. What's the goal for the season then? Do you eye promotion up? Is, is, that, is that a reasonable goal to get or is that maybe too far ahead? I, I think that's what we aim for at the start of the season. Um, we want to finish top of the league and we want to win every game. Um, but at the moment with Montrose are looking like a very strong team. They're sitting top of the league. 
and uh, we obviously lost at home to them, which was unfortunate. But um, yeah, there's the playoff spot as well in second place, so we'll be looking at that. We finished second place in the last full season. Um, so yeah, top top two definitely. So promotion would be on the cards. How do you, how, how can fans come along and see you? So obviously you get the odd game at the stadium, and I'm going to mention that in a minute and see how you how you felt about that. But generally, how can people come and watch you get those plays? It normally just up at IRA is your your home pitch. Yeah, normally this season, um, I think it's half past two kick off this Sunday. Um, so yeah, just literally pop in. Um, you can watch from the side. Uh, it's easy as that. Don't need to pay or anything. And sometimes I've managed to get the streams as well. If anyone can watch online, um, if you can't make it down, which it might not be able to with the weather this <laughs> this past couple of weeks, but um, yeah, it's it's easy to come and watch for sure. And then yeah, just touching that. I mean, obviously you're a Cali fan. You support the, the men's team, but how how nice was it to play that Hallow Turf a couple of weeks ago? Was that a about career highlight of yours so far? Yeah, I'd actually played there before, to be honest, when I used to play in Street League. But um, yeah, it was definitely, it was a better experience having getting to actually wear, wear the Cali kit and play at the stadium and everything. It was, yeah, and it was a great win as well. Um, it really lifted the mood, I think, because we'd had a couple of tough results. Um, so yeah, that was great. Did you ever get to use Fort George? Has that ever been opened up or has uh, Daily Groundsman been a bit too precious for that? <laughs> um, no, we did. We did get a few just squad games there at the end of last year, I think. So yeah, we had a few games there. It's a good, good pitch out there as well. Yeah, he's done well with it. No, perhaps off the deal with listeners, but no. Listen, I think we've covered it, Alex. I mean, again, keep up the good form. I mean, you're, you're putting them into shame with some of the performances that, that's happening at the moment. Best luck for Sunday, and uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, that promotion's uh, from in the bag coming into season. I hope so. Thanks very much for having me. Alex Andrews here. Um, I like that bit, Stevie, where at the start you go to say you guys and you stop yourself and you say you women. <laughs> I think I think you can still say guys, can't you? I'm trying to be PC because... <laughs> the club have obviously made an effort firstly to get the team's name changed um, from Inverness City to, to the um, Cali name and then get them strips, get them training facilities and they've now played at the stadium. How important is it for Cali Thistle to have that... Um, football team that women's football team Ross very important um, you know the train when I take my 16s they're on after me and Karen's got well set up um, along with the first team and then young Don's taking the the youth team um, so really good set up um, watch the training sometimes when I'm finishing so um, they've got the gear and, and, and certainly they represent the club very well um, some of the score lines certainly have been defences on top um, both sides and it's also nice to see them playing down at the stadium as well I think that you know not just along with the ladies certainly the, some of the youth teams would, would certainly uh, enjoy playing down there getting a wee taste for the pitch but yeah they re- represent the club really well and I know Karen's very professional really passionate about it um, and it's just trying to enhance that, that, that game you know just the women's side of women's uh, football in Inverness I think there's yeah, speaking of Dawn, there's girls coming up from sort of nine, ten years old um, down at the park. I'm running, I'm seeing loads of girls' football um, from early age. As Ross saying, you see more girls' football now anywhere. You get all inclusive football now, unisex football. And I mean, back when we were young, it was never a thing, and that's not a sexist comment. It just wasn't a thing that girls done. So it's good to see it's all inclusive now, and they're and they're getting, we're rightfully getting a chance to represent the club that they support. 
Yeah, can I just say as well that I think it's really important that clubs do this actually, kind of make the effort to do it because knowing from schools football how difficult it is um, to run, you know, even just, you know, traditional boys teams because it's so often relying on staff volunteers. I know it is in the school where I am. Um, we've got quite a lot of girls playing for local teams um, in the Glasgow area, but we don't have a football team in our school, a girls football team, because there are no staff volunteers that can do it. And um, although I think the SSFA leagues do allow mixed teams kind of at under 16 level, that then brings in the whole safeguarding issue of kind of changing rooms and all this sort of stuff. So until that sort of changes, then it's it's really problematic. So I think the more that clubs can do and the more that independent people in the community can do to actually start girls football, the better, because there's a massive appetite for it out there. Um, and they're not always being provided for at school. Okay, well, the next game uh, at time of recording is at the IRA Synthetic Surface, kicking off at 2pm on Sunday, the 5th of December, I think, against Buckhead. And then they're away to league leaders Montrose on the 12th of December. So all the best to them for, for that one. Um, okay, coming up next, um, the rock at the back. In your ass, what the hell? How you doing? No water cell for shitty weather, drugs and business. Inverness is a fucking business. Okay, you've heard from us in talks now. Let's hear from a man who's played in the UEFA Cup final. He's won the League Cup, the old First Division, three Premier League titles, ICT vice-captain, baller and general rock at the back this season, Mr Kirk Broadfoot. Hey, so let's look back to summer. Um, how did the move come about and was it was it something that was in the last minute or was it something you maybe had to take a wee bit of time to think about because of the, the logistics of it? No, it was, uh, it was actually a few weeks in the making. Um, the plan was to, first of all, I wasn't sure whether I was going to keep playing, to be honest. Yeah, so I turned two weeks out and then I missed it. I was back in the gym and then Alan asked me if I wanted to come into Queen's just to keep fit. I went in there and I loved it, to be honest. Then the young guys gave me that buzz back. I was loving training, loving being around them. Um, had a couple of offers to go to Premier League teams, but wasn't going to be first choice. And I thought what's the point really then going and seeing my career out sitting on a bench um, so I wanted to go somewhere where I had the plane and obviously the, Ross got in touch with me saying that the manager would like to speak to me can I pass your number on and I said yeah of course and then that's what happened um, the gaffer we kept in touch and then I wasn't sure what I was going to do and then he said why don't you come up for a few days so I went up for a few, actually went up for a few days and then seen the place and then said I need a couple of a couple of days to think about it really brought my wife and that up um, whether or not we could make it work because my wife back to work with kids getting dropped off at schools etc but the manager was good he says look I know what you're like you're a mad man in the gym and that and why don't you have a few days down the road and you can come up late on the week and we can we can make things work like that so to that point of view, I still wasn't even sure it was actually my wife that says why don't you go and have one more crack at it um, go and try and win a league. And as I say, I, I love to go out of my comfort zone. So I thought, why not? Why not just go to a team that's going to be challenged instead of going middle of the table and just seeing your, your, this season out? So that's what I thought. And that's why I'm here to try and win a league and try and get promoted, whether it be league or through the playoffs. How, how have you found uh, sort of adapting to a new team, some of the younger guys, I mean, I'm sure they've also given you for some advice, but how have you, how have you integrated with the squad so far? I know it's been a while, so I'm sure you'll be... Yeah, no, the, the, the boys were fine straight away. Um, 
it's probably a bit more them finding me out. Um, to be honest, I've been playing now 21 seasons. It's it's just a daily thing. Like if if my habits can rub off on them, like literally I'm in here at eight in the gym before train, then back in the gym. If these young guys can do half of that, um, I'll, I'll help them. Um, I think that was the problem. That the, they didn't have someone like Ross Hughes about the place last year who was a fitness coach. And they need to know how to eat, how to to train, how to recover. Because nowadays it's 24-7 if, if you're not on it, and especially like the three games in a week, if you don't recover, eat well and do the gym properly, it can catch up on you, even at a younger age. So even if I can help them in that way, and, and especially the defenders, like, as I say, I say probably like DZ and these guys, who and Carson, like Sir Carson said to me before, obviously he, his dad could turn well. But literally, can I cling on to you and come to the gym before and after training? I said, yeah, of course. So Carson was with me every day, even in days off on a Wednesday we were in here at the gym. So yeah, just just helping these guys with these bits. And obviously, when you're out there, like, I try and keep a calm head and try and like, if we're under pressure a bit, don't panic. Take that extra time and and just don't don't get flustered and get caught up in the game and try and relax. Let's go back to start. I mean, obviously there was the, the Cove game, which, which was a worry for fans, but then there was a change after the Cove game to the Hearts game, even though we lost, where specifically defence looked like it was one night and day from Cove to the Hearts game. It looked like it was one. And was it something yourself? I know Mark Rogers was a bit vocal at the time to say to the boys, look, listen, we need to basically buck up our ideas here because we're in a, in a bit of a fight. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think the Cove was a bit of a shock. Um, as I say, it's a, it's a team just getting to know each other. It was literally my second game. I'd been in the building a week. You're just getting to know these guys. Obviously, Danny was coming back for injury. With things like that, but obviously the Cove was di- disappointing defensively. Um, I think, as Roger said, we just said to each other, we need to be harder to beat. And we worked on it for the next couple of days and then I think it gives you a base going forward. Like if we can keep clean sheets, I think we've got players who can win as a game. I think that I think that's got to be the base. If we can keep clean sheets in this league, we'll always try and nick a goal. And for you personally, I mean, obviously at this point last season we come up and go down, but you, 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 I think you say you still enjoyed your football last season and stuff like that. But it's been 15 years since you played in the championship. How are you how are you enjoying it and playing at that level? And have you been have you been surprised by the the level of the league or something you know about on you? No, I knew the boys. I knew it'd be a difficult league. I knew it'd be well organised. Boys fighting for their life. Um, I don't think there's much difference really for the top six in the Championship six to the bottom six in the Premier League. Um, maybe the only difference is that the, the the Premier League teams have someone when they get a chance, they probably take it more than maybe a Championship player needs one or two more. Um, I think that's the only difference. But in terms of it. General playing the way the games are, there's no much difference. It's difficult. It's it's a hard league. It's, it's 100 mile an hour. It's, it's it's the way it is, and I think that's the way Scottish people like it. They don't they don't want that tippy tappy football. They, they, they like the fact that it's 100 mile an hour and in your face. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. But as I said, I did enjoy it last year, um, especially under Alex. Um, the end of the season last year at Command, it was a wee bit more difficult. Um, I'd come back from an injury. I was struggling a wee bit. 
Um, so yeah, it was a di- disappointing end to the the season, and then I just worked hard during the summer and got myself fit because I knew I was still able to play. I knew for a fact, even you, looking at my numbers last year in the Premier League, I knew I could still play. It was just a, a poor end to the season and an injury I wasn't really fit with, or not a hundred percent. So I knew if I got fit during the summer, I could still play. It was just whether or not my mind wanted to. If I, I had that in me. And I did, after I lost two weeks doing nothing, I was like, nah, I need to get back in the gym. And then obviously, you don't want a point to prove anyone, I mean, your, your record speaks yourself, but going, going to Rugby Park and getting a, an away win, was that, I'm not going to say it's two fingers up to any doubters, but was that pleasing to prove anyone that, to say that, you're, that you're, you're not at it anymore, that you can go still do it and do it well at this level? Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think the problem is, like, a bit like myself, I've, I've always had doubters my whole career. Um, people saying that I'm not good enough or I'm, I'm not a this or that. But I think if you ask anyone who works with me, who's played with me, they know what I bring and, and they realise how hard I work. And I think the, the thing I don't get for is the, the, I actually can play. I can pass the ball and I can play. And I don't think people give me enough credit for that until you, you properly work with me every day. But uh, yeah, the commandant one was a strange one, how it ended, uh, getting offered a contract and and then at the blue, they, they said, no, we've changed my mind. I, I don't know how a football club works like that. It's, it's, I don't know what happened there. So that, that's for another story. But yeah, as you say, it was nice to go back and beat them. And especially the way the fans have sometimes get short memories. Like I finished third for commandant. When was the last time they did that? And then they booed me every time I touched the ball. So even though I went out there and gave my, my all every game. Well, that's, that, again, that's another story. And it says more about them than you, mate. But you, you say you can play, you, 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 can, you can pass, but you can also finish. Talk me through that part of this one. <laughs> uh, I think I was shooting shoot, but I wasn't sure if I was I was meaning it. But yeah, talk me through that. Um, yeah, as I, uh, well, obviously against Kamala, I went in one of those runs again. I got to the edge of the box and I passed it. And... To be honest, that annoyed me for three or four days how I didn't shoot. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. And I said to myself, if I get near the edge of the box in one of the other runs, I'm just going to have a pot that can hit anyone, go anywhere. And lucky enough, it went in. And we've got off the field. It looks like you're from the park. Looks like you're enjoying your time up in the Highlands. But how's the how's the coaching career? Because I know you're you're helping Ryan out with the under 18s. How are you how are you enjoying that? Yeah, um, it's been brilliant. Um, we got a good result against Kamalat, funnily enough, in the, the Youth Cup. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good experience for me. It's completely different. Um, obviously, working with Ryan, who's really good. Um, his attention to detail is fantastic. Um, so, just taking notes, trying to learn, and he's letting me jump in and out and help a wee bit. So, yeah, it, it's, it's more a learning curve, trying to balance that, the no doing too much and making sure I'm fresh come the games. Um so yeah, no, it's good. It's something I'm enjoying, and long may it continue. And then lastly, for the Gold Cup, so I think it's an easy question, but priorities I see as the team is it promotion by any any way necessary? Just getting us out of this league. Yeah, I think so. I think um, minimum we need to finish probably top four. If I'm being honest with the squad we've got, um, I think it'd be bitterly disappointing if we, we never. Um, I think if we're there or there about January, I'm, I'm sure the manager will add again, just to give us that wee bit extra. Um, but I think even with the squad we have just now, if, if we don't make top four, it'd be, it'd be bitterly, bitterly disappointing. 
Kirk Broadfoot there being honest and blunt with his, assess- uh, with his assessment of a few things. Um, he actually starts off the interview by saying he joined the club because he wants to win the league and he sort of couches that at the end by saying, look, we need to be finishing top top four minimum. Do you think that he kind of went in, like coming from Kilmarnock, right? He's he's going to an Inverness team and he genuinely thinks that we can we can kind of challenge Kilmarnock or or in fact, you know, finish ahead of Kilmarnock. So I wonder if that's based on um his understanding of like the Kilmarnock squad completely falling apart and whether they're gonna be capable of of kind of rebuilding, you know, and, and investing as much as they have done. Or if he's kind of looking at our squad and genuinely saying, I think the player for player for player we're as good as them. You know, I'm not sure. Um I think it's terrific that he's got the ambition. You know, I think, and and the fact that he wants to keep himself really fit, the fact that he wants to be an influence in all areas of the club, I think he's put his money where his mouth is in terms of his performances being excellent. Towards the end, I said, look, we just need to get promoted by Hooker Crook. So I don't think he, he's maybe agreeing with me rather than maybe dampening his expectations because I think he's he came across as yeah, we can win the league. But as a fan, I'm just saying, look, we need out of this league. So maybe maybe just pandering to my my comment, but yeah, as he was touching on, he's. He's a guy that when we signed, and I, I hold my hands up, I was wasn't that happy we signed a guy of his age, you know. And uh, I'm I'm glad I've been probing wrong because he's been superb at the back. He's a beast in the gym, from what I've heard from the other boys. He's he's looked after himself well for his age. Um, he's a good talker, and uh, yeah, it's not an easy decision to leave your family and, and come up for a, a challenge. He could he could have got yeah. he could get a contract at Queen of South, which was his first team. He could be going home every night to his family and. Yeah, I think that alone shows other boys in the team that he's committed to the, the the course. And yeah, as I said, he's been, he's been brilliant so far this season. Talks that's really interesting. What Stevie said there is he wasn't hugely you know impressed when he signed. But what what was what was your reaction when he signed as a, as an as an ex player yourself? Does he have that reputation within the ex player ranks as this guy's a player? I don't know him. I've played against him. Um, I was very positive when he signed. I know there was uh, quite a lot of guys that were either on the fence or you know showed a little bit of negativity. But I was—I think it was um, Paul Chalk phoned me up from the PNJ and I said he's a good signer, really good signer, because you know on the mould of a Darren Dodds, offering that experience, um, played with a you know a few high, high you know, played for Rangers, played for Scotland. So you know you're signing experience, and 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 that's what he has and. Really good influence in the dressing room. Um, I met him a few t- a couple of times. Yeah, he's been coaching with the 18s and our paths have cr- uh, crossed. So, um, like the way he speaks, um, like the way that, you know, if, if you come to a club, you're not going to say, oh, I want to finish third or fourth. Like, I want to win the league. And I, and I like how he's talking. He wants to win the league. And, and he, he's seen the players at Inverness and, you know, he, he thinks that, you know, we've got a chance. So, he, he's positive. I don't think anything's changed. You know, for me, I, I still think that you know we're in there. So he he's been a major major signing. He's very good on the ball, and, and he's right what he said. A little bit like myself, where you know people don't think that you know this and that, and he's he's got a little bit of that stigma about him as well. So um, he's really impressed me a lot. Of, uh, a lot of his performances. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was excellent on Friday against Queen of the South, and you know he might get beat for pace. She <laughs> was that age. You're going to. But he's got people around him that will cover, and I, I think he's been a terrific signer. Yeah, his, his actual quotes are, I think, um, under pressure, I don't panic, and I can play, and I don't get enough credit for that. Um, Ay, how much has his passing ability influenced our play this season, do you think? Um, it's, it's made a difference, I think. Um, 
Brad Mackay was obviously the player he replaced, and whereas I think Brad did better last season than he had done in previous seasons for us, he didn't um, come out of defence with the ball, he didn't kind of um, open up play, he didn't kind of really start that many moves from the back. And I think we saw that right from the first game of the season, I think, didn't um, the first league game of the season against our both wasn't Kirk involved in, I can't remember the goal or, or certain some, but... He certainly, I, I remember that, you know, him kind of striding forward. And then we saw it, obviously, against, um, who did he score against early on? Patrick Thistle in the home. Patrick Thistle, of course, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, uh, you know, I know the, was, the, the, defense, uh, the defense opened up a wee bit, but, you know, nothing ventured. You know, he was the one that, that took it on, led by example, you know, and after that, we were absolutely tremendous. That was our best performance of the season after that. In the interview there, one thing that did come across was, um, a little bit like with the guard line one we did earlier in the season there's a little bit of bit- bitterness a little bit of sadness about his time at Killy came to an end do you think that that's striving him on Stevie? Yeah I think he defended his, his, his play last season and his form because yeah he was a scapegoat he was a local guy and Talks me. I had this before previously when things aren't going well you always look at the local guys and the guys that have been there a long time and yeah I think he's definitely got that little little chip on his shoulder which I, I like in a player I, you, you want that you know it's not a bad thing and uh yeah, if he proves Kamara wrong all season, I'll be I'll be more than delighted. Ross, we've hey. talked about um, we've talked about Kirk there leaving Kilmarnock and that. When you what about when your time at Cali came to an end? How how did you take that? How did you feel when that came came to finally came to pass? Yeah, that hurt me for a long time. Yeah, probably years actually, more than in the short term. Um, short term, I just had to t- get somewhere to to go and play football. Um, and I went across the bridge. It, for me, it was it was a good decision, um, you know, to, to go and play. Um, didn't have to move. Uh, you know, Roy Roy really wanted me, Derek as well. So, and a lot of really good uh, people over there. Um, one thing I, I really enjoyed my seven months at Ross County, and I don't have a, a bad word to say about anybody. It was it was a good move at the time, but I didn't want to leave the club. I really didn't. And you know, when somebody forces your hand like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a proud guy, and, and I'm not going to stay about if I'm not wanted. Um, and he made his his point point very clear. Um, so that that's football. Was, um, it, was it butcher? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, <laughs> and, and, and my relationship with Terry was very good in in, in that side. Um, you know, I played a lot of games that, that year, um, but after losing Granny, I, I just felt that he was wanting to to make his mark. Um, and you know he didn't want to come out and just push it. He, he put an offer to me, which was quite insulting, and and I just wasn't going to sit about for it. So um, you know, money doesn't in, interest me a lot. But you know, when he's taking the piss, I, I, I thought then that that's a message he was looking to, to change things. So if he just came out and said, "Listen, we're no need," you know, I would probably respect him a bit more than than shoving an offer, which I, I crumpled up and put back on his desk. And I walked out. So I've heard that has happened a few times, not just from an Frost, but a few players have told me it's called a, a get to fuck offer. So it's basically here's here's a pittance, and um, you're never going to take it. Is that is that Carl's way at the club rather than them just saying, "Look, we don't want you anymore." In- yeah, but then you know they're coming back with this and that. Kenny Cameron, the chairman, was a couple of things. You know what I mean? But I kind of after that meeting, I went in that morning. And to be honest, with you, leaving it that late, you know, it was like the game had finished on the weekend, and then I was in the Monday morning. It was like sitting in a, the dressing room waiting to go in. It was like it's horrible, and I thought I deserve a little bit more respect than that. I've been at the club sixteen years. If yeah. you don't want me, just kind of, um, 
Then that was it. I kind of moved on, but I, it took me a long time to get over it. To be honest with you, um, did you see it coming? I know you also they gave you a crap offer, but did you did did you have an inkling it wasn't going to wasn't going to pan out? No, I I thought that you know it was at least getting a, a one year deal. I, I I didn't think I was going to get get the same sort of money, but I, you know, I played thirty odd games that year, and I was playing with some roasters at centre half. You know, coming in left, right, and centre. I didn't know who was playing with one week there. So, <laughs> name, so come on, come on, name, name some names. Name some names for the listeners. Well, remember his name, big lad, Roman, Roman. somebody, Roman, somebody. Yeah. yeah, Roman's a lovely guy, but he gave me uh, kittens. Give me absolute kittens playing with him. Scored, you know, didn't know scored two on goals, I think that season. Uh, Aye. You don't mean he debut at didn't he? And he was hopeless for that his first game, wasn't it? He, oh, he scored. Know. He scored no goal at Pitodri. He like, I, I remember that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. stroked it past uh, whoever was in goals at the time. Um, it was uh, Ryan Essen, in fact. Uh, it's the Rose Gallery back in Ross at uh, centre house, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, like, Thomas Peermeyer as well. I'm not. Right back, I'm not like overly slag him too much, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard. But you, you know, when you lose such a, a trusted, you know, trusted friend and granny, so me and him. You, you know, Terry did really well putting me at the centre half and got a wee bit more out of me at, at times. Um, well, sorry, can I, ask, can I ask what the story with Grant Monroe was? Because, I mean, it seemed, that was that was a real shocker. He seemed to go at least two years too early. I mean, did, did Terry Butcher think he was a threat to his authority or something? Or? No, it was just, again, you know, when, when you have a manager coming in and he wants to change things, he just oh. felt that maybe Grant, he... he he actually got told the, the day before the Celtic game. I was just going to say, because he, he scored, scored the winner the win in that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, now, well, I, think, I, think, I think Shane scored the winner. I think Grant uh, scored the second. But, uh, that's right. Um, yeah. You know, with celebration, you knew he was going that day. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. it Hamlet yeah. away, him and Russell Duncan, they, they brought a sign Because Russell went at the same time, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But, you know, for, for somebody to get told on, the, say, the Tuesday or on the Monday, and then going out and play a, such a performance, shows you the character of Grant Monroe. Um, and it, it kind of it didn't it left a, a sort of nasty taste in my mouth to be honest with you that season. And it's hard to play with so many guys and you're not knowing them. You need to form a partnership, and that's why I think Danny Devine and Kirk's part, partnerships been very good. And when you have maybe five or six guys coming in, different guys. So I just I, I didn't actually enjoy the last year, but I certainly thought that I did enough for a year. Yeah, I, I'm not better now as, as football. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that I've got a lot of nice things to say about Terry, but you know, I have some some but I just think the way it was done really hurt me and you know, sixteen years I just felt I needed a bit more respect, but that's yeah. football for you. Well you can you can hear that in your in your in your voice, Ross. And I'm sure everybody that's listening to this is uh, yeah. massively on your side. Um, let's finish on a wee high point in this in this, this section. In, in the end of Kirk's interview there, he, he says something, a comment that will be music to everybody's ears listening to this. He says, in January, the gaffer will add players. Where does he add? A right winger, um, probably. Um, uh, or a right back, maybe. A full back. I, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a double-edged sword because DZ's playing out left back, but he's not left back. You don't play at left back, where do you put him? You don't break up the partnership that we're talking about there. So the, the supposition we need players in, authentic players, if you, if you want to call them, is a right back and a left back. Um, and I, don't, I can't see any two boys moving. Um, maybe next season when it comes to Carson. But I'd like to, and again, it's not a slate. I just I think 
the loan move for Reese hasn't worked out as well. I think maybe he'd be best served maybe going back. Um, he's not a lot of game time, so maybe he'd dip into the loan market, so it saves the club pennies. But that's, that's the thing we don't do a lot. You know, we don't really get a lot of loan boys in. We don't we don't use the links that maybe Robbo's now forging with other teams and these the likes of. I mean, Dodgy's got a massive address book, but I'd like to see maybe a couple of young boys come in and. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe some firepower up top, just maybe to give the boys extra competition. And maybe a left winger. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it would be good. Um, obviously, move Davy Carson in the middle, but uh, a big marauding right back to strike feed into the opposition, who can also score screamers with his left foot against Hearts and the occasional overhead kick. He was back in the starting lineup today, mate. <laughs> What? <laughs> he was back in their starting lineup today, mate. Who? Sean. You've talked about Ross Talkley. Talking about Ross Talkley, you idiot! When did Peg Rooney score on a red kick? I thought you meant Sean Rooney. I'm talking about the guy who's on the podcast with us. <laughs> <laughs> Talks Fast Five 2. Worst game you've had? Oh, I think there was a game down at Airdrie once. We got beat six now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's been a, there's been a few. Probably, probably um, the air game as well. That's not going to be a quick one. It could be a few. <laughs> <laughs> got made to stand out at half time when I got sent off. That's probably an arrow bad one. The boys were talking me after the game either, so yeah, that's probably up there. Sent off. Boring. Uh, got sent off. So yeah. All right, turn it, turn it on its head. Uh, best game you've had? Probably the, the Tynecastle game. I, I you know, played really well. More wing back that day, but you know, I was really happy with the goal and then the performance. So, um, yeah, that game. Biggest regret? I have a lot of regrets in um, football. Mm, I'm not sure. That'll Probably be. taking the broader job. Hardest <laughs> 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 uh, opponent? Hardest, probably Kevin Kyle. Uh, we boy used to play left wing for Dundee United. Used to hate playing. Boy Conway used to play, hate playing against him. Oh, I can't call me. Yeah, give me a give me a big player to play against. No problem. Although I did all right against the boy Vice, but boy Conway always gave me a wee hard time. But when I went to centre half, Kevin Kyle was. Remember, we clashed heads, and he just walked off, and I'm like lying there. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and. Biggest post-match celebration, biggest piss-up. Probably after the, the first league we won, we went to uh, Magaluf for about three, four days. Tell Liam, that new Keo boys, yeah, that was messy. That could be a whole different podcast. That one. Yeah. I right, have it as I. In, Charleston, Swift and Pollock, Culloden, down the Longman, in the rain, feeling metal, Greg Denny. League look ahead, he who doesn't look ahead remains behind. Who said that anyway? I've no idea. An owl? An owl? I don't know. An owl? I don't know. Oh, ah, right. Uh, uh, as we, well, what? <laughs> 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 you, you, no, you probably keep that in. It's that shape. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> That's generally what I do. Uh, right, as we look at the fixtures for November and even going to December, we've got Saturday the 27th, we've got Morton at home in the Scottish Cup, Tuesday the 30th, it's Wreath at home in the Challenge Cup, and then in December it's Killy on a Friday, Morton away, Hamilton at home, Partick at home, and then Pars away 
who comes up with these fixtures on the Wednesday, the 29th of December. Um, let, let's do League Look Ahead a little bit differently this time. The Cup Games, talk to me about the Cup Games, guys. Uh, two more uninspiring matches you could not find back-to-back in the fixture list. I, ca- I cannot find a way to put a gloss on the Challenge Cup, uh, but Morton and the Scottish. Going to a brothel and getting a hug. Morton at home, you know, it's it's it's, it's uninspiring. I think when we're all watching the draw, we, as we all do, it's the first first proper away day. Auchinleck away, Darvel away. Oh, can you imagine? I mean, Anne in one of the three games I've not been in, and picked that one off. So there's a lot, of, a lot of like tropical away days, you want to call that, but tropical. Aye, well, yeah, Anne, Anne tropical Anne. Anne, yeah, race. Emily, you. I mean, the Challenge Cup. Nice to win it, but I mean, I think that's 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 where you get like Sir Jameson coming in, Anthony McDonald, these sort of players, and even even yeah. giving Mark arrest and, and goals. So it's, it was it's devalued for me when they said that we're joint winners, really. So is is this maybe this is the the cup final? Is it? We should have played that final. I, I, I'd have pushed it back and played it this season. You know, I mean, yeah. giving both teams medals is is a bit of a piss parade, to be honest. My but. my old amateur team in, in Edinburgh are playing a cup final uh, next weekend from last season. So why not just? Uh, yeah. Listen, the year we won it when we beat Dumbarton in the final, it was a good trophy when we all had a good day out and stuff. But yeah, it it should be a, a competition where we we get young guys in, you know, and and, yeah. and 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 basically experiment. I've got to say, I've never cared less about the Scottish Cup than I do this season. Normally, I think it's you know it, it's great, and I want to go as far as possible. But I think maybe this season, because you've no idea where the league's going to go, then I would rather just see us focus on the league. You know, I'm not saying we should throw the Martin game in any way, but. Um, Previous seasons, it's always been, you know, uh, when we've done well, it's usually been a sort of a, a little kind of a shimmering light in another way shit season, you know, apart from 2015, obviously, 14-15. But yeah, this season, if we go out to Morton, it'll be slightly disappointing, especially if it, you know, dents the players' confidence. But other than that, I'm not bothered because we're, we're, we're not winning it or anything like that. So, you know, let it go. I think the, the Cup's good. I, I enjoy playing in all the Cups and Inverness. I've got a good history of, of winning the Challenge Cup so you know again I, I call it momentum I call it keep the train going um, keep keep confidence high and, and, and winning games of football and you know, I understand what Andrew's saying he's not really caring about the Scottish Cup in, in a certain extent but you know you beat Morton and then you might get a wee tasty home try against Celtic or Rangers so or whatever and that brings some funds into the club as well so as much as personally I want to concentrate on on the league I think just you know results, wins breeds confidence, breeds good habits. All right. Well, then looking at a return to league action with uh, with a big one. Uh, this is clash of the season essentially, especially after Kilmarnock's result at time of recording today, uh, losing to our broth. Uh, we've got Kelly on the telly box on Friday the third of December. Um, normally we we go through game by game in these. We're, let's actually focus on on this on this game because this is this is huge now. As I say, especially given the result against our both Kilmarnock, a team full of great players, a number of Premier uh, Premier League level players who they don't concede a lot of goals. Um, they get their three points mainly through low scoring games, and they're prone to dropping points against poor opposition. Does that sound familiar? Too familiar. Too familiar. Exactly. How 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 similar are are our squads, and f- what is the differences between them, Ross? Do you think? Just looking at Kilmarnock from afar, I, I would say that we're. We're more a team than them, and I don't say it. You know, I think quality-wise, we're probably around the same, but I think they've assembled more players this year, and it takes a t- it takes a bit of time to to you know get to know each other's games. 
I think they're under more pressure at home than, than we are. And I think that's where they struggled. I think it, at times when, like today, against our broth, we've went down. You silence a crowd of 5,000, 6,000, <laughs> you know, it puts a lot of pressure on players. So um, I, I think at times at home we have less pressure. But I, I certainly think that, you know, our fans against Kilmarnock, we need to get out in force and, and support the lads. Um, it's a big game against Kilmarnock on, on that Friday. You win that, you're, it sets a, a, a fair marker for me, um, beating them twice already. So, yeah, I, I don't see much between the sides. and There's not a lot between a lot of the sides in, in that league, but I just think that Kilmarnock's such a new team. They've brought a lot of new, new guys in that we've got a bit more of a familiarity to, to our team. Ross talked about the, the Derby game back today. I mean, that was under the lights on a Friday night. I mean, the stadium can be rocking on a Friday night. A Friday night, I think, sometimes is better to go to if you've got families and you've got commitments because Aye. you can go to the, Saturday, the shops are missing a Saturday and that's not going to be sexy and stereotypical, but you can do family time that you maybe couldn't do going to a game on a Saturday. So, yeah, whether it's on the TV or not, I hope that the, the guys get, get behind the team and it's a cracker of a game. I mean, as Ross was saying there, I think... Kamarnock are a bit like maybe how we were when we first got relegated um, in 20, 2010. You know, we took a bit of time to get going with a lot of new bodies coming in. So, like, so Johnny Hayes and that came in. So, maybe, maybe although they're doing well in the league, maybe this is the best time to get them, you know, but they're not yeah. maybe fully integrated together. Um, well, Paulie's getting a game in the middle of a 4-4-2 last time I looked. Uh, Ollie Shaw, he's scoring goals up front. Um, how much have you guys looked at the Kilmarnock lineup and... What are the key matchups? Do you think that we need to be looking out for in this one? Polly's an interesting player, and in I think Polly is actually crushable. He's suppressible. He's a, he's a, he's obviously a really talented player. You know, he, he passes the ball really well. You know, he's 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 very difficult from a dead ball sort of situation. But if you've got play, actually, do you know where this would be a good game to have Carson back in the midfield? So you, can, you can imagine Carson on Polworth and giving him absolutely no time at all, uh, and that'd be good. Um, I think Ollie Shaw is a you know he's a, he's a really good player, but I think if we play uh you know if we don't play too high a line, I think Shaw's best playing off the shoulder of someone and kind of getting beyond them. So if we kind yeah. of play a bit deeper, then I think he would be difficult. Chris Burke is the obvious is the obvious difficult one. You know, I mean, we we kind of like nullified him really well last time. I mean, the Kamarnik fans and Pine Bovril were greeting, you know, just dreadfully about this as if we'd taken a gun out and kind of like kneecapped him you know in the you know in the first few minutes the reality was that three different players fouled him within five minutes and he and he lost the appetite for it i i'm really sort of encouraged to hear ross say that he doesn't think there's much difference between our squad and theirs you know because i was kind of worried that um they had far more quality than us and they just haven't gelled but ross has got a, a professional's eye and can see a player, you know. And I think it's great. And if I hear that, I'm thinking, well, fine, you know, because Tommy Wright can be a good manager, but I think Billy Dodds has been a decent manager for us as well. So if there's not much between the squads, then it means we're hopefully competitive with them for the rest of the season. They might be paying a bit more money, Andrew, but mm. no, I don't see much difference. Yeah. Well, you're talking about how they set up. You talked about Ollie Shaw playing off the shoulder of one. If they do play 4 4 2, I'm not sure if they played 4 4 2 today against our broth. They definitely played 4 4 2 the week before, the week before that as well. Um, and if we play our usual system, then we obviously have the extra man in midfield. And then we've still got the best goal. Always sc- was a good player, but he's not Billy McKay, is he? For me, I think Inverness need to be really added that night and make it like a sort of cup final night. Um, similar to that atmosphere we spoke about you know, for Friday football. Um, yeah. And let them know they're in a game straight away. Um, Chris Burke's a dangerous player. You know, doesn't like people tight to him and, and he doesn't like rough stuff. So 
you know, it's just nullifying their danger. But I, I do think there would be a, a slightly different uh, beast that night. They need the full 90. The full, you know, you need, not just playing for 45, 67 minutes. We need, we need a right good full 90 uh, performance. You know, like a, I call it a right cup tie feel about it. Um, mm. You've got the quality. If you give Billy the service, Billy will score against any team in Scotland. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's that's how good a finisher he is. Um, I've had it done to me in training and in games, so I, I know how good he is. All right, well, um, then we've got Morton away on the 11th of December, Hamilton at home on the 18th, it's Park at home on Boxing Day, that'll be a good one, and Pars away on Wednesday 29th. Um, we'll, we'll probably do a big Christmas pod at some point, guys, won't we? And we'll, we'll cover some of these, whether it be um, reviews or previews. But did any of these stand out for you, Stevie? Morton away is amazing, yeah, because uh, I'll be there and it's my... My first game back after being on parental leave. So, no, I look forward to that. Um, it's always a good little day down to Capolo to the um, the Norseman, which uh, is like uh, the Klansman from Still Game for any listeners that are trying to picture that. How much is a pint in there? It's about £2.50, isn't it? I still, no, I still take shillings and stuff like that there, and it's like a it's like a throwback in time. But no, I think it's about £2 a pint. But yeah, oh, for anyone trying to picture it, it's uh, an old upstairs bar. An old smoky sort of snooker hole sort of vibe to it, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's still smoky, even though smoke has been bad for fifteen oh, years. Right. It's still, <laughs> yeah, it's still, still vaping in there. But I look forward to that. It's a good little trip. I think Hamilton at home is they're, they're I think they're really get atable. They're one of the few teams that are capable of completely yeah, collapsing. You know, and given how badly we played against them in that previous game, you know, I mean, we, we had them pinned back for the entire second half. That's because we were down to ten men, and we'd completely fucked it in the first half. You know, with like two really cheaply lost goals. But I think Hamilton are, are one of these teams. You know, they, they they've had a, taken a couple of absolute tankings this season. You know, and I think we should be looking at that game as a game for us to kind of see if we've got proper title credentials we're just going to get at them and just absolutely grind them in the dirt here you know so that's that's what I'd like to see I can't really pick one game but I think the important months of, of a season is December January and I think you know with getting that win against um, Kilmarnock uh, along with the cup games I think you know he just kind of sets that kind of marker for, for December so you know just try to keep the, the train going and, and, and winning all these games Um I think it's a time where where teams could, you know, go go on a sort of uh, blip. But I think Inverness need to, to focus on just taking a game by game, and you know, it's, it's a very important uh, time of the year, uh, December, January time. In a football team, are you given a quarterly target or a, a half season target, a monthly target? So I'd imagine that Billy and the coach staff will know the targets. But did they relay relay that to the boys and say, "Listen, we want to have X amount by October, January, and so on." Yeah, we we had sort of different tar- we had we had quarter targets for the championship and then we had quarters for the for the SPL. Um SPL was slightly different. We'd normally just say ten points a, a quarter and I'll give you forty. So but I think with the championship how how well Inverness did the first quarter, you've kinda of got the bulk of your points. So mm-hmm. you know, you, if you win the next sort of three games, you're gonna less points, but I still don't think it's a bad start. I think you know, you certainly look to win the next three ga- two or three games. Um, and, yeah. it, and it won't be an overly bad second quarter, yeah, but then yeah. you have to really kind of get going again on the third. So I, can I, I like basic on quarters. Yeah, I really like basic on quarters. You know, so All right. Well, let's hope it's a it's a merry Christmas and we can do a positive uh, jingle bell theme pod. Fancy coming on for that one again, Tokes or? Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, just delighted you've invited me on. If I get a second gig, I'm. I'm happy. If not, here. <laughs> cool. Sick.
yeah. you've made the cut so far, boys. Well, we're thinking think we're thinking about getting Teddy Butcher on for the Christmas one. So you can't <laughs> I think I'm washing my hair that night. <laughs> <laughs> you got no soul, you rubber bumpers. For this pod, there was only one type of fan we really want to speak to, a fan of, till recently, the only SPFL team in November still without a win uh, until a certain game. Uh, we want to speak to a fan of the team who were touted for championship glory but find themselves propping up the foot of the table. Well, they did. Uh, Peter Grant's gone, uh, but Yogi has now arrived, uh, an Inverness icon of not so long ago. But what's been going on at East End Park? We spoke to a Paris fan and Paris TV commentator, Jordan Burt. First things first, Peter Grant. When he initially got appointed, as you said, the, the fans' feeling overall was maybe a bit of scepticism, to say the least, in terms of the manager who had just uh, been relegated basically out of the league. From the first league game, there was cracks um, kind of showing in terms of the squad balance and in terms of um, the tactics and the formation that, Peter Grant was trying to impose fans' scepticism quickly became uh, reality in terms of the the big worries kind of became true and quite evident quite early on. And because he probably wasn't the, a choice of the majority of the fan base, I think um, fans turned very quickly uh, the place became pretty toxic. What what was the real reason for them having such terrible results? Because you got a good squad of players. Did he not pick the right system? Was his man motivation not right? I mean, you you did the, you at the football club, you worked for the football club on a Saturday. You know what did he do that was so wrong? In, in terms of the formation, for example, he built a squad which was based on a three-five-two kind of three-four-three formation, and he wanted. Uh, two players in each position, basically. So he's built a squad that's maybe heavily based on, say, central defenders and um, maybe not so heavily based on, say, central midfielders. And that kind of became very quickly evident that the midfield probably wasn't good enough to play the style of football that he wanted in terms of we have a lot of good players that are maybe defensively minded or, for example, Graham Dorns, who maybe doesn't have the legs to get up and down the park anymore these days, or a Dan Pivis, who shows great energy, great enthusiasm, but maybe technically isn't as gifted as some other midfielders within the week. And... Um, when you combine that with a defence that we lost confidence really, really quickly and was making n- numerous errors, per, you know, it was a, a kind of recipe for disaster. I mean, the first two home week games of the season was 3-0 defeats to Park Thistle and our growth. And I don't think some fans could argue about either result. It was two really poor performances and... Obviously, our both and Park have both started the season really, really well, and and uh, you know it's not to to take anything away from their performances, but you know I think there was a clear expectation when Peter Grant came in that because he had said that 
we were going to aim for first position and aim for promotion, but the Premiership and win the week. To have these results at home, early doors, you know, as I said, it it made the place go toxic. And I think from then, Peter Grant was always on a a hide into nothing. He got rid of one... um... Guy with a huge, uh, a, a huge idea of his own, of his own importance, of his own ability, and you brought in another guy with a huge idea of his own uh, importance and his own ability. Albeit he does, he does, um, he does ground that in, in a bit of realism and a bit of um, a bit of working class hero mentality. Doesn't I think he? In terms of John Hughes, I, again, I think he fits the category in terms of experience and. As you, you mentioned in your question, they're kind of that personality to they will lift everything at East End Park and try and get everybody united again, which is really crucial as well um, to try and improve that atmosphere on a match day to try and help the players. And um, as you'll know yourself, he's a very infectious character and I suppose that's maybe a main and how he becomes so successful at clubs is by getting everybody to buy into what he's looking to do. The game, uh, 2-1. We went 1-0 up, um, controlled most of the first half and it looked like we would probably, uh, you know, come away probably a 1-0 win or maybe even a 2-1-1, something like that, as most of the season has been. But um, do you have any, working for the football club, do you have any insight into what happened at halftime? Did... Was you, did Yogi go down into the dressing room? Are you aware of that? From having done a pre-match interview with John ahead of the United game, uh, to my understanding, he, he was in the stands, but popped into the dressing room at half-time, not right. to kind of uh, take over from Stephen Wicker and Greg Seals. I think it was more just to overview and just see the mood of the camp and maybe just give one or two maybe small snippets of help um, just to try and um, kind of make sure that they knew the standards. That that was what he said in his interview in terms of making sure that they knew the standards that he expects and um, he felt in the second half that the Dunfermline players were able to meet those challenges head on, which allowed us to go and and get the victory. Um, he mentioned specifically, he said to our young striker up front, Lewis McCann, um, that every time or most times in the first half that the ball went forward towards him, he was losing out to the defender. Um, I think it would have been Danny Devine. Um, and he just said, I just challenged him to... Uh, make sure that the first time the ball comes forward in the second half, you win the ball um, and, and you don't give the defender that chance. And um, the first time the ball came forward, he, he held off the defender and uh, managed to lay it off and we, we broke down the right and, and in the end, Danny Devine scored the own goal. So, if again, if those small snippets of uh, kind of you know confidence and belief that he's putting in the player's just from a, a small maybe five-minute chat in the dressing room, showed dividends on Saturday, then, it, as I said, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on once he gets right in amongst it on the training ground and and, uh, and into the matches. Yeah, a question I ask all opposition fans when they come on the pods is, you know, 
have you have you come up to Inverness for any away days, or what's your impression of Inverness as a football club? Uh, the players that we've had, the things that we've done, you know, just generally, what's your what's your general ideas of Inverness as a football club? I've been up in terms of with Pars TV a few times prior to COVID. Uh, now with COVID and things like that, it's you know, it's there's less kind of media from within the club traveling and things like that. So I've not been able to get up this season, but um, I've been up quite a few times previously. And, you know, I think in terms of the welcome you get from the club and things like that, it's, it's a really, really nice welcoming club, really helpful, really accommodating. Um, but Inverness, we've always, always been uh, well looked after. Uh, I always think it's a nice, nice stadium. Uh, and it's... You know, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, a bit of dread sometimes going up to Inverness. You know, it's that I think before Saturday, uh, and this is going off the top of my head. I think it was two thousand and seven that we last won against yourselves away from home. Um, it was certainly a good decade or so ago, anyway. And that that I know we've been in different divisions, you know, for a few seasons, but. It just shows you how tough a task it is to, to come up to Inverness and to to find the result. It's always satisfying if you leave Inverness with a good result, especially a victory, because, yeah. like I said, you know how tough a place it is to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, in, in terms of Saturday's game, I was really, really pleased just to get our first win of the season. But when it when it comes up at Inverness, that's that's a real yeah. big three points at any time. You know, no matter how your form is, no matter who you are, whether you're Kilmarnock, Park Thistle, Arbroath, Dunfermline, Morton, Wraith Rovers, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, if you go to Inverness and get a positive result, I, I think, you know, it's been a good, successful 90 minutes. Right, Dunfermline, uh, when I did that interview, they were bottom in the league. I think they're now like sixth or seventh or something. Um, so strangely, AY, are they now probably in like the best situation in the league? Because in terms of their squad, they're not going to get relegated. They, are, they have an outside chance at best of automatic promotion and maybe they have an outside chance at best of playoffs. Um so can they just enjoy their football and their fans can enjoy watching the matches with, um, you know... You you realize, like, you've just you've based the idea that they're not going to get relegated and the fact that they've jumped from 10th to 6th. You realize they are one point above 10. Yeah. It's a Yogi Bounce, mate. They were talking for, about, they were talking about 40, it on the radio. 14 points below automatic promotion. Yogi Bounce. Um, I think, yeah, I think getting Yogi in it didn't work for Wraith Rovers, but given the squad that Dunfermline have got, yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. You know, they've got lots and lots of quality going forward, and we know what you can do with uh, with with decent players. Um, Don Thomas is an excellent player. We know Kevin O'Hara is a good player. Um, Graham Dorans has obviously got pedigree, and he's exactly the sort of player that Yogi... I mean, Yogi loves a central midfielder, as we know, um, having signed about 50 of them for Inverness. Um so I think he, he will do very well with them. Um, and one of the things that I thought was really interesting, actually, from that interview was the fact that um, the guy you were talking to said that he apparently nipped down at halftime, didn't see much, but one of the one things he did say was to Lewis McCann, right, I want you to make sure you win your next battle. And McCann did, led to the goal. 
Dunfermline won three 0 against Air United today, and Lewis McCann scored two. And that to me says everything about John Hughes' man, man management. So I think uh, they'll be absolutely fine for the rest of the season. Folks, did you ever come across Yogi when he was at Inverness? Any tales to tell? No, but I did play against him. He was an absolute beast. Um, <laughs> I actually watched him coming down the stand last week and going into the back of the, the old bar at the stadium. And I said to you and all this, he's gone down there and have a chat with him. And I wouldn't say that he would have roasted them. I think he would have just had a chat and said, listen, we we never laid a glove on Inverness that first half. And you mentioned the, the young lad, uh, McCann, and they were a total different beast that second half. So whatever he said at half time, uh, we'll never find out, but um, he will get results today. And I actually think they will be uh, in the playoffs. I think they'll, they'll go on a run and, and be quite a dangerous side. Right, well, we've been below par uh, prior to the Queen's game for a number of weeks, but someone who is never below par uh, or very rarely, uh, was our guest panellist tonight. So coming up next, a wee feature that we didn't tell Ross about. <laughs> Inverness, what the hell? How you doing? No bars or sell for shitty weather, drugs and business. Inverness is a fucking business. We'll go straight. In, we'll go straight into it before you turn, before you turn off your Zoom. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, cheers for coming on, Ross. You, you'll be used to the professionalism of Mister Ian Old. So, as I say, raking in the muck with the likes of us, uh, it'll be a wee come down for you. But hopefully, it's not been too bad. No, it's been excellent. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I've, I've listened to your podcast and I, I really enjoy them. So I, I know that a lot of other people do as well. So uh, don't play yourselves down at all, lads. Top man. Um, Good so, to see that. We'll take it. <laughs> so, like. For the listeners and for us as well, what are you up to at the moment in, in terms of coaching? You mentioned the 16s a lot. Yeah, um, I've been with this uh, this team for, this will be my second year. I have been taking 15 since I left Rora. Um, so I, I would have had the, the current sort of 17s, the guys that are in their first year, 18. So that's where I, I sort of started. Um, also coaching some of the boys that um, went full-time this year, their first full-times. Ethan's, the, the Harry Henham's, uh, Robbie's as well. So, you know, I was six months coaching them with Fiona, who did an exceptional job for about four or five years with these lads. So, um, yeah, I've just loved it coming in and, and coaching. Uh, it was Danny McDonald that got me in and back into the club. And, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Really like to see the guys pro- progressing. Um, you got maybe four or five of my lads, 16s, playing for the 18s. Well, sorry, involved the 18s. Uh, one, Young lad uh, Sam Nixon, who's who's played centre half, played against Kamara at Stadium, fifteen years old. So there is there is some really good players coming through this system uh, under fifteen level. I, I don't watch a lot of the the young young, so I, I take a lot of the guys that are playing under 15s up to play with me at sixteen. So we push them up a year. Um, so there is there is lads at 15s, 16s, and at 18s that are got very good potential, and, and it excites me. And I just love it. Love seeing them doing really well. So I have to say to the Cali fans, there is boys coming through that have potential. Great stuff. Well, you were playing for, I think you played for my brother's amateur side in the summer and um, you play, you know, you're playing for St. Duthis in the North Cali League just now. A lot of, a lot of players, ex-pros, when they, when they stop playing professionally, they don't, they don't play at all. Uh, I know a few that don't play at all. Mm-hmm. But you've kept on playing. Why do you think you've kept on playing? And, you know, you, you know, you've played... You know, at the highest level in Scotland here, you, you know, being an icon for, for Cali Thistle fans for 16 years and plus. And then you're playing in the Inverness Amateur League and you're playing in the North Cali. Why do you keep playing? 
Mrs. says I'm a fucking idiot. Like, so. <laughs> I, I question that sometimes after today, like, you know, for the game today. And, like, I, I, I love it. Um, I just love football, eh? So, um, my friend Kevin asked me how long to go and play for, for your brother's side. Well, it would have been two summers because we missed last year. So, and I was, I was doing buck, sort of doing a bit of running and stuff. And I thought, oh, come on, give it a wee go, you know? So, and, I play for team just because the boys are so good. I went there because uh, Stuart and Andy Ross are good friends of mine. So I went when I left Broad up and I went back to Inverness. And it was actually one night I was I was out in a drink on Friday and I texted him and I said, I said to him, Are you want me to play tomorrow? And I woke up in the morning and I was like, looked at the WhatsApp and I thought So he phoned me, he says, Have you been serious last night? And I says, Hi. He says, You kinda play the day, he says, but We'll get you along to training. So that was me ever since. And I'm an absolute nightmare on the pitch. I'm, I'm 42 now. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably your brother's told me I'm a money bugger. Like, honestly, I'm just, but that's just me. And, you know, I'm good to young lads. You know, if there's any young lads coming through and, but like, I just don't take any shit in the pitch. And I'm, I shout at people and people just think, why is he still playing at 42? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just because I love football. So, it's me. Um, I had a knee up in April and I wasn't sure to come back, but I've, I've been banging out the five and ten Ks and lost a bit of weight and probably looking the best I've done um, for a lot of years. So My brother did tell me there was one game, um, was a, he must have just signed for his side, um, ICM, used to be the Phoenix, which I started actually in 2004, um, and they're still going. And there was a game, it must have been against a, 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 a league championship game or something like that, and uh, against a boy who listens to this pod, pod uh, Danny Murdoch, his side, and uh, you scored a free kick in the last minute to win the, two free kicks, sorry, two free kicks, and one was in the la- last minute to win the game, and they'd been giving you some abuse throughout the game, and my brother, as he told, because he phoned me up that night, he's like, wait, you hear this, and uh, he says, you scored that, and then you ran down the... <laughs> You ran down their touchline, putting your finger up to your mouth, going, shh. Yeah, that was his old man. That was his old man. I used to go for a few pints in the fairways. And oh, Mikey. Aye, Mikey. Aye. Mike, so, I, 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 played, I played with Mikey when I was yeah. 16. Aye. Yeah, Mikey was giving me absolute dogs abuse the whole game. And uh, I've, like, I've never taken any like three kicks at pro level, whatever. But I, I, took, I was actually not a bad player. Like, I taught a player when I was younger, midfield and that, and took some free kicks. So that night I was getting kicked at left, right, and centre, and I think we, I think we won the game five four, and I scored two free kicks. But the next game, the boys were like, oh, let folks take this free kick. I think the ball still stuck up in one of the trees, and uh, <laughs> the back couldn't get the ball back. But no, I, I just love it was just really enjoyable. That that actually that season we were we lost the league by one goal. Aye, but yeah, just a good bunch at ICM as well. So I just love playing football and. Love the abuse from the sidelines and on the pitch, so I'm, I'm thick-skinned. I probably get more abuse at the back than I did at, at Love Street, so I used, to get <laughs> spot, I used to get spat on and coins chucked at me, so that's just, uh, that's just right. me. Well, I, I love it. So let, Let's uh, let's talk about those, uh, those playing days at Love Street and other grounds, but we'll do it in the form of a quiz. Ten questions about your career. Boys, how many do you reckon you'll get right? All right, I'll go a strong seven. A seven. I, I think this recall's pretty good. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say eight.
decade, right? A record 589 appearances over 16 seasons from 1996 to 2012. Question one, but how many goals did you score for Inverness Caledonian Thistle? 36. Bang on. Somebody keep, someone keep track of this, man. Yeah. that correct. And how many times, uh, I, I, I must say, actually, I couch this in saying uh, I've got all this information off uh, Cali Thistle online, so a great compendium of information the guys have on that website. Um, how many times were you sent off? 13. Eight. Oh. <laughs> how many times were you booked? She was. <laughs> mm, 16 seasons. I would say. Can we, can we give him with that within ten or something like that? Aye, right, we'll give him within ten, will we? Aye, I'd be fair. I mean, there's, there's right, a fair right. few coming here. Bookings. She oh, was. I say seventy minute seventy. Oh, eighty nine. Oh. I'm not getting that. Nah, but yeah. tough, yeah. tough quiz. Yeah, so, so that was a hard one. Uh, you see, you were signed by Steve Patterson uh, from Huntley in 1996, but who did you make your first appearance against and what was the score? Is it competitive? If you're in on this one, is it, uh, it was a, It was a Coca-Cola Cup tie uh, on the 3rd of, 3rd of August. Yeah, it was. Clyde? Bang on. Was it? Clyde? Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the score was. Yeah, I've not written that in my notes, so we'll just pass that. Um, who did you score your, score your first goal against? I know this one. Dave? It, it, it was, um, oh, was it Albion Rovers. Bang yep. on, yep. February the 15th, 1997. Uh, AY, run us through the goal. Oh, I can't remember the goal very well, but that was that was my first game. Was it? I was never this for yeah. I, um, I, I was based in Glasgow, and um, I was kind of like my mate Simon. Um, kind of went you should come along games he'd start going the season before I'd been the Thistle supporter when I lived in Inverness and I, I went that was the first game I went to the second game I went to was away against Queen's Park which was your yep. second goal yeah and well, your 80th birthday don't, yeah don't, my old man hated the, 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 the Sun uh, headline he said we get totally smashed old man was raging uh, <laughs> absolutely leathered me on the Monday when it came out in the Sun I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? I was this excited. I set up the first and, and scored the winner on my left foot. Let me say that. Your granny reads the paper. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, well, as, as uh, ICT Online has is, is, uh, is writes it, a major influence in the team as he progressed in the Scottish Football League's the first division and one of his one of your highlights was scoring a fantastic goal against his boyhood heroes hearts in the 2002 Scottish Cup. But yeah. We talked about that goal, but who scored the other two goals in that 3 one one? Uh, Dennis scored and David Began. Yep, bang on. I think I think uh, David Began won goal of the round. Oh, I was a peddler. Mm-hmm. Beautiful yeah. goal, beautiful goal. Um, yeah. yeah, just shimmies and stuck to his foot. Yeah. Um, so after ten years' service uh, with the club, you were awarded a testimonial match against who? Sheffield United. Why Sheffield United? There was a there was. I think it was David Sullivan was good friends with the, the chairman from Sheffield United and they offered to come up and play um, paid, and I didn't have to sort of pay any money so it was kind of worked out. They were just got in the Premier League at the time and I was happy with that. Neil Warnock spoke to him a couple of times and he was great so um, yeah, really nice man. Um, you know, on, on the game uh, night he was came and spoke to me for maybe half an hour or so just asked me got a bit more to know you know asked me what I was about really and 
just found the man really sort of uh, humble. So, yeah, it's a lot of time for him. Well, you were made captain of the team for your 500th uh, appearance uh, for the club. And who was that against? I wore the number nine shirt. It was against Airdrie. <laughs> Why did you wear the number nine shirt? Because Butcher said I'd wore every number and he wanted to give me that. So that was... <laughs> what was the score? Uh, I think we won the game. Is it? It's a close one, I think. I'll take that one now. Yeah, yeah, one now. Uh, right, your final goal for the football club. Um, who was that against? Don't know. That one, I don't know. Surprised you don't know that. That was against Hearts, twenty sixth of November, twenty eleven. Johnny Hayes sends a looping ball in the box at home. Uh, stoop to get the ball ahead of uh, Andy Webster, and you knock it past from five yards. Yeah, couldn't remember that one at all. I don't think it was a stupid little talk, so I think it was more of a fall, but yeah. We'll I, I'm, just, I'm just reading what someone's written. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think it was a stupid if I remember it right. Uh, and, the, and the last one, has anyone, keep, has anyone kept track of it? Yeah, these? I've kept scores. Oh, so, like, I, I said he was going to get eight, and he's oh, right, let okay. me down. Like, so, right, last one, last one. I mean, this he's going to get seven. He knows, he know, you'll know this one. That's what Stevie said. How I many medals did you win with Cali Thistle? Or we were counting Inverness Cups and stuff. <laughs> no, we're counting the... Uh, Aye, S- major ones. SPFL, sorry. Five. I've two got, cups, two cups, three leagues. I've got four winners and two runners up Aye. here. That's I've got a bit, right, ch- third division, 96, 97. Challenge Cup, runners up, 99, 2000. And that was Aloha. Mm-hmm. What? The four, maybe, is it? I don't think I've won it twice. I think I only won it once. What's I don't have no, it's called the Airtree game, that would be the one, wouldn't it? Bell- Airtree 2003, yeah. Or was it I, three or four, yeah. Winners night 2003 4, that's Challenge Cup, isn't it? Uh, first Division 3 4, Runners Up Challenge Cup 9 10, and yeah. then First Division and 9 10. Right. Yeah, four. Well, winners. Is that right? Right, what's the scores on the, scores on the board, Miss Ford? Um, well, are we assuming that that last one was wrong? Wrong. Oh, give me a right. I'll be seven. I'll be, I'll be one. <laughs> I'll go it's getting six then. Ah, well. <laughs> six out of ten. Shambles talks, absolute shambles. I blame the beer on that, but no, nah, well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, not, but, like, see, most footballers don't play almost 600 times for the same club, you know, so they've got fewer things to remember. Like, uh, exactly. That's pretty, that's pretty good going. Like. You know, I saw I saw John Terry posting photographs of his of his home um, trophy room recently. Do you have anything like that in your in your house? The only thing I've got in, um, I've kept in, is my old man made a sort of montage of, like, Photos and memories uh, on a big sort of frame uh, yeah. from a 500th. So that's in the downstairs dining room. Lovely. That'll probably get put in the garage soon. Talk to me. Any, any opposition player strips? Any notable ones that you can call out? I wish I kept a lot. Like I, I, I've, I've still got two. I've got, um, I've got vices because that, that's got some blood in it. Like oh, that game. Oh, Vice, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and I've got, and nobody believes this. But I've got Yelovich top. Right, and, okay. And Yelovich asked me for mine first. And nobody <laughs> believes that. I've told all these um, Rangers fans, and nobody believes me. We believe yeah, so you. Came up, we, we believe you. He came up and he says, oh, You're a very good defender. And I have your top. <laughs> and I remember going back, and Tommy comes and says to me, Where the fuck's your top? And I went, Oh, I swapped it with Yelovich. <laughs> take that out of your wages. <laughs>
Right, a wee bit of something different now. On Saturday the 6th of November, the Shuffle decided to charter our first ever minibus to air away, ferrying some 12 Central Belt-based Inverness Caledonian Thistle fans to the game at the iconic Somerset Park. Here follows the tale of the Shuffle bus, and it's fucking messy. Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alvin, the Thistle the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Top. Talking Heads sang We're on a Road to Nowhere and today's driver Ross McKenzie must be a huge Talking Heads fan as he's decided to take the back roads of central Scotland and Ayrshire delighting the small troop of Cali fans on the bus with images of decrepit and dilapidated central Scotland. What will score be today and who have we got on the bus? Uh, Roddy from Sky. All the way from Sky? And uh, why have you come on the shuffle bus today? Because uh, there's supposed to be a train strike. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? I'm from Forfar, but staying in Edinburgh. Do you have a name? Hi, it's Grant. <laughs> Grant. Josh from Forfar, I'm here to see Manny Duku miss many chances. Josh, did you get, is it right in saying that you, you, you came from Forfar this morning? Half six alarm to see this. No regrets. <laughs> what about the boys at the Barabas drinking Buckfast? What's happening, troops? <laughs> Kieran, originally from Inverness, I've travelled all the way up from London just for the air away. Love the Cali. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Andy from Glasgow. Uh, I just went for the carnage. I don't really. Like <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even like football. <laughs> Carmi from Inverness, but staying in Edinburgh. Come for a good car all night. Uh, Thomas from Inverness originally as well. Uh, just here for a car on. <laughs> Score predictions today. Two 0 Carly. Two 0 Carly. Please, and I'm from Gorky. Why are you coming to bus today? Uh, if I'm totally honest, I'd no other way of getting here. Uh, we have now arrived at the honest town and we shall be decamping from the bus. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the bounce bar, Lewis. We're in the bounce bar. We have a Lewis Walker. Uh, Lewis, we will use the wee bus for the air game. Not something we normally do. We've never done this before. Uh, you arrange a bus every single week. How, how? Why did you decide to go about arranging a bus and what are the benefits of getting a bus? Uh, we thought it was a lot easier on the train, it's a lot cheaper, and we thought the supporters' bus as well was a better fight. It was like being in prison when on the supporters' bus, so we, de- so we decided to put our own bus. A lot of boys enjoy it, it attracts a lot of boys to away games and that, so that's why we decided to do it. So how much is the bus and how can people get involved if they want to get involved? So if you want to get involved, you can always message me, and the bus is 6.50 to air, normally to Glasgow area, it's about 600 quid. So it's a lot cheaper than a train, it's £41 per person to air, so it's a lot and, that, and that's door to door? Yeah, that's door to door. And you, you, you provide drink as well, don't you? Yeah, the, the driver's got a fridge and he lets you put your drink in the fridge if you want, so it's all good. The Inverness uh, fans have been down in my local pub and they've been lovely. All, all they've done is been singing uh, all their songs and not one bit of bother and they've been absolutely brilliant, so they have. Fans that cause, cause you get a lot of fans uh, coming down here and they get put out, but 
Inverness, Inverness fans have been absolutely brand new. All they've done is just want a drink and they're singing songs and they've been lovely in this pub and they're welcome anytime. Two one here. Why? Because we're due a result. Uh, I will take a draw. Uh, we'll take we'll take a draw because we ain't been playing good. Please tell me something about the tactical aspects of Air's game. Air will pass it about like Liverpool in the seventies and win three nil. Love it. <laughs> My name's Willie Jack, and I'm the scores two one here at Somerset Park against Air United. I go to uh, as many as I can, not all of them, but really, but at home and away. I stay in Edinburgh, so I do a lot of travelling. So you're one, of, you're one of the people that, you know, you don't live in Inverness, but uh, you have a lot of your support, you go to all the away games. I was born in Inverness, so I'm an Indonesian at heart, even though I've been away a long time. I don't, I'm not on this uh, website things, you know, I just, I just follow the team. <laughs> Disappointing. Had a few beers, met a few fans, back to the pub, more beers, onto the bus, more beers, singing. Oh, not a bad day out. It's a full of hesitation! Why is that the way to shuffle? Let's go! Here we fucking go! Yes, sir! I can bring it! Right, so what was your memories of the day then, Muff? Who's he at best? But no, it's certainly a good day. I mean, a, a, a cast of characters on the bus. Um, yeah, some new faces and new names that we don't really know, but it's a good day. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's typical of what a way day should be supporting a, a small provincial team. Is everyone getting together? You were you were talking to the young young team, Louis, who we know, and uh, I seemed like a great day, and you were, you were well welcomed. And apparently, yeah, you're, you're more than welcome to go back to the bar. But and uh, also shout out to Louise for like traveling like all the way there and all the way back it's the only woman in that bus of there uh, fair play. Her, 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 like, mate, her yeah, mate was actually supposed to come and she pulled out in the morning yeah. so fair, fair, fair play to her for coming along so uh, it was a good day out and um yeah just nice to see all the young team on the bus and the other bunch of young team as well it's uh, what football's all about mailbag right. oh yes wait a minute mr postman wait a minute Mr. Postman, look at me. Look and see if there's a letter in your bag for me. Why is it taking such a long time? And then it strikes mainly. Mr. Postman, Mr. Young, what's in your your old baggy wrinkled sack today? 
dodgy. Could yeah, my, my my sack's a bit older and more wrinkled than a regular mailman Andrew Sutherland's, but you know it still it still delivers. So, um, right, uh, first question is from Connor Rodden. Um, simple tactical question here that might suit Ross uh, is Aaron Doran better behind the striker or on the wing? I think Aaron's quite flexible. It may have not enjoyed the Astro pitch last night out left, but. Um, you know, with the sort of flow information up front, um, he does come in. If he is out on the left, he does find himself uh, quite narrow at times. So, again, you know, he, he can't put a shift in on, on the wide area. Um, but also, I think, with his intelligence, maybe lacking a little bit of pace at times now, Aaron, but, you know, his people brain still there. So, you know, playing the number 10, showed he can do it as well. So Former competition winner and the very happy possessor of somebody's T-shirt, Ross P., is asking, is Anthony McDonald going to be another Angus um, Beef? I like Anthony McDonald. I think he's he's been unlucky with injuries and stuff, and the move to Spain didn't really work out for him. But yeah, I just think he's 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 probably guilty of no reserve games, not a, not not a lot of bounce games happening. I mean, I think during COVID there was nothing, and yeah, he's probably he's just guilty. He's 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 just needing game time, and like we we're saying before, I think like the likes of the. The race overs game, throw them in. I mean, there might be some spaces coming in for some wide players to, to make an impact, but I like him. I just think he's he's just been lucky, and uh, yeah, I think he's still got half a chance for us if he can if he can push on. I was going to say the last one on on the players, and then there's a couple of others. Uh, what Pete Fraser or Peter Fraser asks, what does Roddy McGregor need to do to get into the Scotland under twenty one setup? It's, it's obviously difficult for players playing the championship to get recognised, you know, and. I don't think a lot of Scotland coaching staff are coming up to the stadium every week to watch him. But do you know what? Do you know what, Stevie? I'm happy that he's not in it. I don't want him in it. I've got to say, I've got to say, if Alan Preston got his way, he'll be punting around. I, 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 I don't. I'm not bored. He's a, not bored. If he's in it, people are going to be looking at him more. I'd rather people didn't look at him. I said that, that's, that, that's a selfish point of view. Ross I, would probably say otherwise, but you want you want him. Obviously, want to be progressing. I'm sure he's get sights of getting into the squad again, but. I don't think he's far off it. I don't know if he keeps playing the way he's playing, then you might you might be chapping on the door again. You know, as you as you've seen with Friday's TV, they're very very biased uh, towards the Glasgow side of things, Aye. and that's not just the TV. That's media, the lot. Um, yes, Andrew's right. You know, we're not bothered on being involved with the twenty ones, but when you, when you look at some of the the names in there, and they're not even they're down the road playing whatever reserve football for bigger clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, Roddy showed last night and they showed this season and last year that he's more incapable of playing under 21s. Nice, mm-hmm. nice to keep him on the, the low radar, but you know, he should, he should be playing under 21s, in my opinion, and he should yeah. be playing every week yeah. uh, for the first team. So, Callie. This is kind of like broadly more thinking about clubs' infrastructure. Paul Irving asks What are the pod's thoughts on the Caledonian Stadium? If money were no object, where would you move the stadium and can what can be done within reason to improve the current one? Oh, if money's no object, you put it in the middle of town like St James's Park. But I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot. People want yeah, East Gate Centre. East Gate Centre. Knock it down. Exactly. Put it in there. Money's no object. But I don't think there's nothing. There's not a lot wrong with the location of the stadium. I mean, there's very few stadiums nowadays that are in the middle of towns, you know. I mean, you, you've got to walk to them. It's not a far walk. The, 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 the argument, oh, it's too far away from town. It's not. There's accessible routes. There's a road down there. There's plenty of uh, transport to get you down there. But Stevie, this is a very tired narrative. I'm, su- I'm, I'm surprised people are still tr- trotting out. Um, football clubs are not getting prime uh, retail or 
location space in city centres. Any yeah. new football stadium is built. You look at Aberdeen, they're building out, they're planning to build in the outskirts. Any new football grounds getting built on the outskirts. Yeah, Falkirk, that's not even Falkirk. You know, yeah. it's a great you know, uh, you know the, 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 the boy, Jordan, the Paris fan, talked about how he, he loves going to Cali Stadium. It's a beautiful stadium, he said, you know, because of the location. Okay, it's not the best stadium per se, but location is, is fantastic and individual for the people that are coming to visit it. And a little bit of love needs to be given to the stadium by the club a little bit more. And Scott Gardner's alluded to that in the past. Uh, and then I'll hopefully then get a few more people on the ground because um, it's all about the fan experience rather than the actual where the, where the stadium is. You know, the stadium maybe needs a little bit of a, a an upgrade in terms of certain things I have heard, but mm-hmm. you know, a really good pitch. I think the, the groundsman does wonders with it. Um, I've seen it absolutely pristine condition this year. So yeah, just try to get more punters through the door and. You know, I remember when we got in the league and we were getting some. Really, I know we travelled to Aberdeen, but when we went back and played, we got some really good crowds. And even when I first signed, we were playing Albion Rovers and Trolls in the third division and getting three thousand there. Mm-hmm. So you know, there is punters out there. It's just answering a question why they're not coming through the door. And I'm not having a go at them, but I just think you know, with the quality of football we've had this year, even even like when the club were in the SPL, the crowds weren't. It kind of sort of fell away a wee bit. And I don't know if they if if they took SPL football for granted, but it's it's enticing the the younger generation to come and, and as you said with the drums and and getting behind and and for the stewards to allow them to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. them to behave that and then build that fan base from there. And there is genuine football fans out there in Inverness that want to go and watch football, but I just think it it we could be doing a bit more to to try and get them through the door. There's a whole podcast we can do about this, and I think we yeah. should do about this. Okay, uh, last one. Um, <clears throat> given that we delayed this pod for at least two, maybe three weeks, due to um, a man flu epidemic, um, Simon McCarthy asks, who had the worst man flu, or more importantly, who claimed to have the worst man flu? Well, you got COVID, so it was yeah, you. Yeah, see, that, that's the point. that I, got, I had genuine, and possibly still have, mildly genuine COVID so uh, I think I obviously you know I think I think this is it's, it's really impressive that I'm here but a sub has called off with just a cough so he's a malingering prick and I'm I'm a hard man because I'm here <laughs> oh, the definition of hard man right there <laughs> there you are yeah in my woolly cardigan yeah there he is there you go uh, look up your daughter see you so is that, is that the end is, that, is your sack empty now I think I think I think my my sack has been uh, evacuated. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's almost uh, almost over. But so we're going to do talks fast five, the last one. You ready? Trying to be faster than the last two. Right. This is the last one. This is the very last thing that's in the pod. Then it's outro. We're done. Best crack. Probably Liam Keel. Legend. Worst crack. <laughs> been a few. <laughs> you can name would, a few if you can I name would a say few if you want. Martin Bavage and Richard Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst worst dresser. I think a few the a few of the foreign boys, some of the, the, the gear, big Claude and uh, <laughs> well, Claude Napkin. Oh uh, God, uh, the legend that is Claude Kenny, Napkin. Kenny G Lay, Kenny G Lay, like he just is what you oh, wanted. Oh, oh, oh. Tell me that you wore a gilet. I love the body woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny, he must have had a few open ones, big Marius. 
I, I used to get his club car points. I couldn't be too nasty at him. Like, so. <laughs> he used to sit next to him. He used, he used to say, oh, can I get your club card? I was like, oh. And then he used to come in every month and I was like, what the hell has he been buying? <laughs> you know what? The, I was going to call this pod. Uh, and I've already done all the, uh, the images for it. I was going to call it Talk Talk. And, use, and I've used the same font as TikTok. But I actually now want to call it Marius Nikolai's Club Card Points. I've got to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, definitely. Are we talking big points? I'm a, I'm a Club Card fan, talk, so a bit yeah. of. He, he's actually point. very generous. I remember the first night we were out, and I can't remember, it, I think, bar in Academy Street or something. And he says, uh, I says What are you want to drink? And I, he says, No, no, no. He says, I, I, I buy a drink. No, he actually bought a drink for everybody in the bar. Brilliant. Nikolai. Aye. Aye. He said, I buy a drink for it. He bought a drink for everybody. He probably bought the pub a couple of times over. Did, wages, so, yeah. You know. so, you know, yeah. yeah, was, was, was Alan Savage paying it? Yeah, it was, it was Alan Savage paying his wages. So. I don't know. I never got involved with that, but yeah. I'll tell you what, his club card points. He had a very good Christmas. Aye. <laughs> uh, all right. Worst, worst trainer. I would go back in the day to Gary Farker. Gary Farker was, oh. Oh. He wasn't the best. Um, very good player, don't get me wrong, but just, yeah, wasn't he? With him and Vettley were very Vettley. mobile, she would say. Uh, uh, and, and, and a very last one, very broad question, the most ridiculous thing that you've seen in football? That's a very good question. Uh, made me to stand outside the ground, the air, was like, when I think back at it, it was, it was quite ridiculous. <laughs> Is that... Well, I think five one game, yeah. I think there was a guy. There was a guy. There was a guy. I think it was a guy having up a, a volley or something. I think a couple, a couple of honestly, because I remember the doc. The doc came in. Old Doc McCaskill came in at half time. Well, just before half time, he says, "You need to get out of here." And I says to him, "What do you mean?" He says, "You need to get out of here." Hell, he's raging. So he walks me outside at Somerset, and I'm standing outside. Full kit on, yeah. Full kit on, I. And then I think we stayed in Glasgow that night and the boys were not talking to me. I went in my room and a big TZ knocked on my door and he says, open your door. He says, we're going out. And he forced me out. And even the next day, Charlie was even talking. Charlie was raging. I think probably still pretty annoyed me now, but <laughs> that was, that was what I would probably go down as quite ridiculous. Right, well, that's, that's all from us for now. Uh, we'll be back soon with the yearly Christmas extravaganza. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks to Mr. Ross Tokley for coming on. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, will you be back? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, seriously, thanks for having me on. Um, come back anytime you need me. Uh, I've really uh, enjoyed it, and thanks for having me on. We'll hold you now. Right, well, we're yep. all off to... Uh, we're off to Tropical Annan. Until then, it's goodbye from them. Goodbye, everybody. See you later. Goodbye bye. from me. Goodbye from Ross. And take care of yourself and each other. And bye for now. Yep, yep. Post-credit stinger. Go on, then. It's only our greatest ever player. You can talk.
I remember going back. I remember going back as a brother manager, as a friendly, and Richie says to me, "You know, this is still your club and that." And I says, "Nah, it's not." And I don't mean that sense. It just didn't feel at the time. Mm-hmm. But that's why I've really enjoyed being back this year. And um, when I came back to to coach the young lads, I think just coming back and um, has brought back the feelings again. A player that's like not just sixteen years, but our, you know. Record appearance holder and scored in every. I mean, there must be this must be like if there's any other player ever, it must be only one that scored for the same club in all four leagues. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like it's like that. That's something really special. They, yeah. Even even if you're sitting there going, "No, nah, it it's not my club," as far as we're concerned, it is. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah. it's like you're not getting out of it. It is your club, so fuck it. You know. Yeah. You, know, no, uh, you, you you are you are associated with Cali Thistle. In a way that very few players are ever associated with the club. Carly, I remember working in Angola and Inverness won the won the cup, and I, I was absolutely over the moon. Um, and weird, um, given that large they got the county fans over in Angola, but. <laughs> Yep, yep.